The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 68 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49 on Twitter. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Hello, hello. And uh, biggest fan of We'll Never Give Up on the podcast. I'm getting that jersey. I'll tell you. <laughs> I have a custom made with a real name on it. <laughs> All right. So, getting toward the end of the regular season, we've got a couple different things on our plate this evening. We've got some news articles to touch on. John's going to have, um, actually, we're all going to talk about the, you know, another week forward into the playoff picture now that we've got another week of games, especially because we had a bunch this week that were big playoff picture um, deciders for. The LPL specifically. Um, and then we have a correction we got to make to something, which I guess we'll just knock out right now, and then we'll go into the slate. So let's open with that. So we had um, – Josh, you brought this up. Do you want to touch on this? So we, I think we had mentioned something about Jazuke being cut last week, and that's not true. And we just wanted to make sure we go back and correct that. Yeah, so Evil Genius has put out a tweet that said Golden Glue is locked in which, you know, almost everyone read as he's locked into the starting lineup. Really what they meant is they signed him to a contract because it was initially just one week uh, through the end of the split. So they just locked him in through the end of the split. They still have the ability to sub between the Golden Glue Huni combo and the Jazuke Kumo combo. Yeah. So in terms of uh, DFS, we'll just be watching the Academy games, especially close, early in the week to see if we can garner any information on who will play. It seems like for the most part this season, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like for the most part, barring a few situations, that the Academy lineup has been the Academy lineup that week and vice versa, right? Am I, like, I'm sure there's been a couple isolated incidents, or is it... Generally, whoever's playing Academy is not playing LCS. Yeah, like I'm sure there's been a couple exceptions, I think, right? Yeah, it happens sometimes, especially when people play both. That Sometimes people play both in the same week. But Yeah, so I think for the most part that's the case. So, yeah, we just wanted to clarify that. We said locked, and I think we, we kind of treated it and spoke like he was done for the year. But um, the Golden Glue news was that they locked him into a contract for the rest of the season. So that's good. Um, good for Golden Glue. Uh, he's been pretty good, too, I must say. Um, you know, it's impressed me. Good for him. Uh, I don't know if he's just going to do the Golden Glue impression and – to be good enough to get a job and that's it but i don't know we'll see um so then we also had uh news of audi being suspended so he's being suspended by edg for one series and then he's being docked a month's pay and then the league is potentially also going to have their own punishments for him for poor conduct in solo queue um had an incident with carrier there's, you know, I, I think Kevin Kim actually tweeted out the actual video of it. It was uh, from Carrie's point of view on stream, and 
the team disciplined him. And it, it kind of made me wonder, like, I couldn't really tell when this happened, but I'm wondering if this happened a couple weeks ago or not. It seemed like it didn't. It seemed like it happened, like, now, like, recently. Or, like, maybe last week or something like that. Because I'm wondering if this had something to do with his benching over the past couple of weeks or if this is more just them looking to go to Xiaojian. Because Audi, you know, his stats weren't that good, but Audi, I think, was actually pretty good this season. I think he was, like, you know, pretty big overperformer. Maybe it's a champion pool issue. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm not really sure ex- exactly if this is, like, the only reason that he's ever been off the, the team or if if, uh, if there was other reasons behind it. I will say I think both Xiaojian and Audi have been good this season. I wouldn't feel like <clears throat> significantly better about them with Audi than I do with Zhao Zhang. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't think, yeah, exactly. Like EDG's problems run deeper than who's playing top lane for them. Like they've just been really, really inconsistent. Like the thing that made them good before was that they were a smart mid and late game shot calling team. And like, they just haven't been. So I don't know. They're just a really inconsistent team. And like when you're a team that's whole like basis for being good is consistency, and that goes away, then all of a sudden it's, it's you're on shaky ground there, you know? Um, other big bit of news here. So the LEC announced a partnership, a headline sponsorship with uh, Neom, which is, for those that don't know, it's a Saudi Arabian megacity. It's a big project by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and there's a lot of controversy about it. You can, you know, read up on it on your own. Uh, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to do that because you should educate yourself on this before you just hear all the all sorts of opinions flying around and everything. Um, we wanted to mention it because there's a very strong chance that the broadcast, the community's outraged about this because you know Saudi Arabia's done some questionable things, uh, and the broadcast team is outraged by it. Apparently, they didn't know much about this. Ocelot came out and said that the owners couldn't override this through some kind of voting process. I don't know the specific details of that, but he came out and said something um, along those lines. We just wanted to bring it up because it's it's a big deal, and there's a good chance the broadcast is going to be you know, missing some people this weekend in protest, and potentially some more coaches, players, I'm not sure yet. Um, it's a really controversial sponsorship, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to like. I, I don't like to speak too much on these things until I have more information. Personally, that's how I tend to approach these things. But um, it seems to me that if they were going to take a sponsorship like this, that maybe there was a, just a ton of money involved. I don't know. Feel free. I think you guys feel free to voice your thoughts on this. Um, if you want to, just feel free. Yeah, that, that was how it felt to me too. Like we we know that the Saudi princes and the Saudi royalty in general has an absurd amount of money. Like like they have printers in their home, basically. Like not for real, but like that's what it basically yeah. is. How much money they have, so they can spend way more money on something like this. Like if you're a company like Nestle, like a previous sponsor, they got their own issues. But if you're if you're a sponsor like Nestle, you're doing a cost benefit analysis at the home base talking about how much money you can afford to spend on a sponsorship like this and make it, you know, profitable for Nestle through the advertising you're going to get, blah, blah, blah. The royal family in Saudi Arabia will just throw money at it because they feel like it. It doesn't have to make sense to them. It doesn't have to be an amount of money that earns them money in the end. They can literally just afford to throw money at it. So this was probably an amount of money that was significantly higher than anyone else was offering. I don't know if you mentioned it already, but 
Blast Premier, the CSGO tournament, also just accepted a yeah. sponsorship from Neo yeah, as well. Thank you for bringing that up. I, was, I totally forgot about that, but so, I was reading that today too. So. I'm guessing they were literally just sitting around the kitchen table like, yeah, you know, we're to get on eSports. Let's just call all the eSports companies and tell them we'll give them an absurd amount of money to like sponsor them, basically. Yeah. So I'm I, guessing that's what it was. I don't want to, again, like I don't want to speculate too much, but it, maybe, maybe it seems like they want to bring that to the Middle East or something. I don't know. Like maybe that's the image here. Like, cause if the whole premise of this thing is like a, this teched out city or whatever, and they want esports to be a part of that, like I can see that it makes sense. It's just a matter of the morals, you know, it, like the morality. It very, very, very much sounds from everything I've read. Like they want to build a huge stadium there and plan on having like major esports events there in the future. Yeah. that That's what it sounds like. But yeah, it's, 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 what you need to know, I think, is is that this is it's a big mora- like a big morality issue is is you know and I, I I personally you know I've got my feelings on it and everything but I I want more information before I have like you know my final judgment personally this is all very fresh this all happened this morning so you know six hours ago and you know I've been like reading up on it and everything but you know I, you guys know as much as I know probably uh, Chris and Josh did you have yeah you know thoughts on this. Uh- I was just going to say the unfortunate part of it is that realistically, given Riot's history, we may not get a bunch of explanation here. Uh, you know, they're they're typically pretty tight-lipped about stuff and kind of just say, yeah, we did this. We thought it was right. Um, so that's a concern here that we may not actually get a lot of transparency um, in terms of trying to collect the actual information that, you know, of how this deal transpired. But uh, I do think your guys' point about, you know, the sum probably just being too large, when you couple that with the fact that Ocelot said they didn't know or didn't have a say, that that really makes it seem like that was probably the case. But, again, we just – we don't have the information, and hard to really speak on it until we till we get that. Chris, any thoughts? Um, outside, like, from a personal perspective, highly disappointing. I don't want to continue – Speculating, I want to know what they're going to reveal and what the stance are from what, how teams are handling this. It may or may not impact things, but we don't know, so I can't comment too much. Yeah, I think as it is right now, we just don't know enough. So maybe once we have more information, we can speak more. You know, you know, have stronger opinions on it and speak. You know, more in a more informed manner on it. But you know. All we know is that there's a deal and people are pissed. That's that's all we got. And you can look into the project and the people involved, and that's that's all you can really do at this point. And I guess we'll see if we get more information on it. Uh, okay. Um, do you want to do playoff pictures just as we go, or do you want to do? I think we'll just do it as we uh, go. Yeah, region by region. Yeah, because I think we we did like a really really big picture. Like we covered everything last week, and I think we'd be better off just going region by region this week. Um, just makes more sense that way, like in hindsight. So, um. Do we want to start with the West first, East first, bounce back and forth? Start let's from the back top. And, let's bounce back and forth. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. LCK, and then we'll go one East, one West, one East, one West. We'll go back and forth on it. So, like let's do the LCK first. Um, kind of a chalky slate. I'm just gonna pull real quick. Pull up this. So the LCK has uh, counting this week. This is. Counting this week, four more weeks, but the last week is a short week. So, I don't know, the last week's a full week. Never mind. So, we have four full weeks left. Uh, 16 matches. Or, no, it's uh, more than that. It's 32 matches. Um, a lot of action still to go in the LEC or in the LCK. There's two thirds of the season left. So, uh, 
the playoff picture still a little bit muddy, but uh, seems to me like like besides win loss, let's ignore the win loss records for a second. Just like I test, does the LCK just look like it's a three team race right now? It's yeah. like three and a half, right? Yeah, if you want to count T one as a yeah. half, yeah, and then the other three definitely look like the three best teams in the league. Yeah, like sure. Damwon, Dragonex, and Genji look just like my. To me, they look just miles ahead of every, like everyone, including T one. Now, T one have been struggling a little bit like of late, and I don't. They they look kind of lost to me. I don't. know. Do you guys think the same thing? Like they just look off. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's true. It's just the issue with this team is, like, it's kind of like the whole, you've talked about it before with Impact, but it's like they've done this before yeah. and then came out and stomped everyone. So I don't know if there are futures prices up, but if they're getting priced down, it might be an interesting buy opportunity just because this is just one of those teams that once you get to best of fives, they're just a hard out, regardless of how much better you've shown to be. It seems like they just really are able to turn it on, and I don't know if that's just veteranship, structure, or, or what. Faker. But, yeah. <laughs> Faker but in the they've playoffs. They've been here before. It really does feel like Tom Brady and the Patriots, doesn't it? Like it's just, it really like, does. Yeah, it's like exactly the same. It's like it's like this. Like you're you're just everything sinks as soon as you get messed up with that. You're like, oh no. They're like the super villain, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, it's it's like the Chiefs when they went down twenty eight points in the playoffs and you're still scared yeah you just like, know yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah it's like what the heck so it wouldn't surprise me to see this team make a late surge um and like you said there's a lot of game left for for all these teams so we could very well be talking about you know two weeks from now a completely different tune uh when it comes to t1 yeah and uh we got a couple of feature matchups this week but um i mean so again like if we had to do like the next is t1's kind of like their own tier because we're kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt right yeah, and yeah. Then, I think they're they're gotcha. like better than everybody else by a by a pretty decent margin, but worse than the top three teams by enough to make them into their own tier. Yeah, that's kind of my my read on the situation. Then we have like the next tier, which is like the you know they're just going to be battling for that playoff spot. They're, but they're like these next couple teams are just clearly better than you know the bottom dwellers. Like to me, there's like uh, to me, Hama Life and and uh, Solhei One are just bad. Solhei One is absolutely awful. So, to to me, those two are like in their own like F tier, D tier. Like Hamwa showed some signs of life against T one, but like I don't know, the T one just kind of looked off in that series. So I don't know how much credit to to really give to that. And Hamwa just for whatever reason, we said it last week too, by the way. For whatever reason, Hamwa just always has their number and just manages to steal the game from them. Um, so after that, then then it's like Sandbox Dynamics, KT Rolster, and Afrika are all kind of. They're going to be battling for that, probably that fifth playoff spot, and I would imagine. What are the records there of those four? So, Afrika, so so SK Telecom or T one is at seven and four. Afrika is at six and five. KT five and seven. Sandbox five and seven. And Dynamics at four and eight. Honestly, I, I kind of think all of these teams are actually pretty good. I think maybe Dynamics and Sandbox a little bit worse than Afrika and KT, just in terms of, you know, like, just overall, I think. But, like, it wouldn't – honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see any of these teams get this playoff spot. I kind of think Dynamics isn't really in the race. I, I really don't think they're going to get there. They have some really hard matchups left. Yeah, and they're already 4-8, and eight, so, like, I don't know if they're going to get there, but 
I think it's going to be a three-horse race between Afrika, KT Rolster, and Sandbox to see who gets that third spot. And it feels like it leans Afrika anyway, uh, who's already ahead. So probably just Afrika holding on to the fifth spot, but we could get a miracle run there from KT or Sandbox maybe. Yeah, I was actually just writing on Afrika today because they, they play tomorrow, and I, I kind of equated them to like the high school bully that like just picks on all the kids that are smaller than him and then just can't can't play against anybody else. They so Afrika Afrika are let's see, they're twelve and one against the kill spread as favorites, right? They're six and zero straight up, five and one against the map spread. And underdogs have only covered their their team total in two out of thirteen appearances against Afrika. <laughs> so they're just completely destroying all the bad teams that they're favored against. And then like they just can't do shit against the good teams. So if yep, there's a gatekeeper team, zero uh, and five against the teams ahead of them in the standings yeah, as well. Yeah, if there's if there's a gatekeeper team, it's a freak, I think, and, and I, I still kind of like KT a little bit more than them, honestly. But we'll see. Uh, I think the Afrika are pretty well positioned right now too. So that's the big picture in the LCK. Let's take a look at the slate for this week. Um, so Friday we have KT Rolster plus two thirty six against T one minus three forty five Telecom War Part Two for the summer split. So we've mentioned T one have kind of been struggling of late, and they're going to have some extra time to prepare for this one. They don't play till obviously they don't play till Friday. This is Friday's match, and you know they played uh, Sunday. I think it was. So they have a bunch of days off. Do we think SKT or do we think T1 get it together in a week? Like, or is this just is this, is this number too big anyway? It feels like it's too big anyway. I don't. I don't think it's bettable on the on the T1 side, yeah. and I don't think I'm taking the KT side at two thirty six. So KT it feels like a bad you don't like KT to take a map even. No, nah, not at minus one thirty two. If it was yeah. plus one thirty two, I'd take KT to make a map. Yeah, Josh, Chris, no bet. <laughs> Telecom Wars yeah. are always closer. I, I would have liked a number closer to even for KT to take a map personally. It, like I said, it, it kind of just feels like T1's going to be kind of non-bettable for the rest of the split, it would seem to me. Because it's like one of those teams, it's kind of like Mad Lions last split, where you just you don't really want to bet against them because the number's going to be too inflated, but you also, or I mean, you don't want to bet on them because the number's too inflated, but you're probably also not going to get great numbers against them. So it's a really annoying spot, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to take a shot at KT Rolster here. I think they can get a game, maybe two. So we'll see. i got to wait till it gets closer to that game. But I, I would lean to KT Rolster here, actually. I think the number is a little too big, given T1's current form. Uh, Dynamics, plus 100 against Sandbox, minus 133. To me, these two are pretty even. I actually, I actually like Sandbox a bit more. Or no, I actually like Dynamics more than Sandbox. I know John's going to go the other way. Yep, I'm big on Sandbox on this yeah. one. Definitely betting Sandbox. Uh, Dynamics is on a four-game losing streak, and it feels really to me like a hot start that has cooled off back to where they belong, which is you know bottom of the table ish, not not bottom bottom, but down here somewhere. Sandbox is on like the opposite trajectory. They've been a lot better in the last like six games than they were at the beginning of the season. So they did I, I almost drop a game to APK. They did. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sandbox and uh, and say I think they're a pretty reasonable favorite yeah, in this matchup. I, I think in this situation, this is like maybe just a sign that it's a good line because I think you could justify either side. Like, yeah, I, think, I feel like. Oh, go ahead. 
like I think the numbers actually support Dynamics quite a bit. Like I know on you know on my end, my model's got Dynamics actually as the fifth team. That's you know it's just numbers. Take you know take that for what you will, but that does factor in trending performance too. So I mean, it's not that big of a difference between like those four teams really because they've been kind of up and down. But uh, yeah, they are on a losing streak. I think Sandbox have you know been improving. They just kind of. We, the thing with Sandbox is we, we mentioned that they were going to take some L's because like, they had a pretty tough schedule coming out of that four-win streak or whatever. So like, we, we knew they weren't going to keep winning once they started facing good teams. But I was a little bit concerned. <laughs> they, they looked a little sketch against APK the other day. I was a little uh, – I would actually lean Dynamics in this spot. But, I, again, like I think you could justify either. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say Dynamics just feels like an accelerated version of – Solhei one and Eastar, where they were both, you know, decent in the spring and then really fell off in the summer. And it feels like uh, Dynamics is kind of the same archetype, but it was just much faster. Where they started off the, or sorry, yeah, started off the summer, you know, pretty hot and looked really good, and then they've kind of really just fallen off a cliff. It seems like to me. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull up their schedule. Chris, you have any thoughts on this one? It's yeah, it's kind of like I don't want to buy in too much of the hype. I do like Sandbox. This is great news from what we talk about Yamato and just turning this team around. And we were we were hoping to see success, and I think we have achieved that. At the same time, uh, it does stick in my mind how Dynamics won against was it Team One? Yes, yeah. um, that upset just. So this team has something. I just don't think that they're talented and consistent, but at the same time, you can say the same thing about Sandbox. Yeah. Talented, not consistent. Um, but it's good value. I mean, I probably lean Dynamics myself. Yeah, just uh, so Dynamics pr- last five matches. 1-2 uh, lost to KT Rolster. 0-2 Gen.G, 0-2 DragonX, 0-2 Damwon. No surprises there. And then they beat T1. So they face, and it, we, all, we all think KT's fifth, or Afrika fifth, right? Yeah, Kate, I think KT's sixth. Okay, so uh, they've faced, you know, the top five team. They're, they've t- and then before T1, they faced Gen.G. So their yeah, last so. six matches, they faced Gen.G twice, DragonX, Damwon, T1, and KT Rolster. So maybe explains the losing streak a little bit. Uh, you would like to see them take some more games. I mean, they beat KT. They beat T1 two to one. They took a game off KT Rolster too. So um, maybe maybe just explains the the losing streak a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. valid. I think that's valid. Um, yeah, we've talked just... about these before, but it it really just feels like a plant your flag spot. Like you said, I think it's justifiable either way. Yeah, but you you just pick your plant your flag and choose one and go with it because. You know, maybe even a double two O's on the books here. I don't know what those prices look like, but that could be something that that we're looking at here as well. Yeah, they're both they're both. Uh, you know, it's Sandbox is plus two twenty three, Dynamics is plus two seventy. You know, the under two and a half is probably somewhere in that ballpark too. So, yeah, definitely worth a look on those two because I could see this being whichever team shows better on the day, just wins two O. So, yeah, that that actually should be an intriguing one because in, in some way that's basically going to be i mean for dynamics this is a must win right this is like a double swing game like if they're going to make a push for playoffs you know they have an outside chance as it is if they're going to make a push for it this is a game they have to win because sandbox is going to be in that conversation too so if you could beat them it knocks them down a peg and you make up you know it's like making up an extra half game or whatever so 
Um, yeah, this is kind of must-win for both of these teams. I think yeah. all the rest of their games are going to be must-win for both of them, pretty much. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So it actually, uh, it should be a good, it should be a good series. It should be like you know, play, you know, season on the line atmosphere, which is good. So Saturday we have <laughs> Solhei one plus eight sixty-five against Genji minus three thousand three hundred thirty-three, uh, minus three eighty-five for Genji to sweep. Yeah, the books are just kind of telling us to go away on this one. Yep. Like we don't we don't want you getting involved here. Yeah, go I, away. I, I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> Genji had just been utterly destroying Pete, like all the bad teams too. So I don't know. Solhei one just looks so bad to me. Like, and the fact that they like they almost got one against Sandbox and lost it anyway, and they just lost to Hanwha too. Like, they got to be getting done right. Like, they already look yeah. done. They got to be mental to him for sure. Yeah, like any prospects you have, just bring them up. Just put them in. Like your season's done. Um, I'll probably be on Genji in this match, unless I hear news they're going to start some, you know, subs or something. Genji uh, all all kills spreads here because, like you said, they they tend to run it up in these yep, type of matchups. Yep, we'd have to look at last time they faced off if they did that, but. Seems like these are spots where they really like to just stomp people yeah. for fun. Let me just pull that up real fast. There's uh, 28 minutes, 26 minutes, 19 to 5, and 22 to 7. So, yeah, maybe alt spreads are the way to go. So, uh, three dragons over the course of the whole series for Solheim 1. So. Oh, two dragons. I miscounted. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, not much to talk about there. Gen G look really good. Um, the top three in Korea all look very good to me. Dragon X, Genji, and Damwon all look excellent. And, you know, we'll talk about that. One of them coming up right here. So we have Dragon X, minus 588 against Afrika, plus 362. This is a spot where they're they're trying to tempt you with Afrika with, like, a juicy number. But we know Afrika suck against the good teams. So I don't know. Is this, yeah, is this enough can... for you? No, I don't think I can touch either side of this matchup. I think I'm just letting this one go. Uh, I don't see Dragon X losing to Afrika. I think it's a bad stylistic matchup for Afrika, even. So, I, yeah, I'm just avoiding this one. I think. Yeah, they tried. They that's a that's a juicy number for a decent team too. It's just you know how they perform against the good teams, right? Yeah, I don't hate the plus one and a half. I think it was plus. What was plus it like the plus one? Yeah, yeah. I do wish I could get closer. Like, I, I think I would for sure bet it if it was like plus. 150, yeah, just because we know DRX can punt, but 110's even sketchy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, do, I think at this point you're betting on Dragon X to beat themselves in a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you, you guys want to run down that DRX Gen G series was just Oh, yeah, we, we should talk about that. That, that yeah, was – so just run through we had, we had that series, and then we had – was it Top Invictus the next day? And they yeah. were two of the best series of the summer, probably of the year, honestly. Like they they were yeah. they were both excellent, excellent series. So, if you haven't checked, if I had to recommend any series to watch from summer for either league, it would actually I think it would just be those two, straight up. We got them on back to back days, which was like being spoiled. So, um, we're gonna get to top. We're gonna get to those two in a little bit, but yeah, Dragon X and Gen G just duked it. The first series these two played was excellent too. So yeah, I mean, there's just just delivering, so that's good. Um, is this too rich for you, Josh? Chris, this too rich for you too? Yes, I don't see where I would want to bet on anything. 
I'm probably going to. We get Dragon X vs. Gen G tomorrow, too. Or no, we get Dragon X Damwon tomorrow, uh, Thursday morning. So, you know, we'll know a little bit more. I don't know. It's not going to change this number at all, I don't think, unless Dragon X looks god-awful. But maybe not even the case with Damwon, so we'll see. Um, I, I'm probably going to trust Dragon X to two of this. I kind of like that. We'll see. Sunday, we have Damwon, another minus 3,333. Against Hanwha, plus 892. Damwon's a sweep is minus 400. Yeah, this is another one where the book's just telling you to stay away. I mean, I know I'm in, I'm the conservative nit of the group when it comes to betting, but yeah, some of these are just, they're just not touchable, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. This is going to be like... Damn one, screw around a little too much, and you take Hanwha kill spreads because they're going to be like plus twelve and a half or something. Really? So, I was going to say the opposite, just because Damon kind of Damon kind of speed run these teams. So even like map unders and stuff like that would be yeah kind of interesting for me. Well, I was going to say like because they speed run teams, I like big spreads even more because they're more. I don't know. Damon do tend to run it up, so we'll see. I, I have to yeah. actually look at my my data on that one because. I have to see like what kind of you know get like margins they're winning by and all that. So musically enough, I think uh, this is probably the first time in a long time. I'm pretty sure Damwon is a top two or three fantasy team in the world right now, and I can't remember the last time that an LCK team was. I'm pretty sure it's Damwon. It might have been, been Damwon like last year, <laughs> like the beginning yeah. of last year. JDG, Damwon, and Top Esports, I think, are the three highest scoring teams in the world overall. So. Yeah, a little bit interesting that that a Korean team has got their their glove in the in the ring. Yeah, Damwon is a, uh, you know, I think they've got. It's hard to say they have issues with how like I, so I I was going into it. Did you see any of the stuff I put in the Discord? Because I put some little. I guess I'll just read them here because they're neat little factoids. But uh, you can get factoids like this over at the esports department, by the way. So, um, Damwon haven't trailed by more than one thousand four hundred ninety eight gold before the twenty minute mark this entire season. That's in 24 games. If you count their deficits, this is counting, obviously. If you count their deficits at 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and 20 minutes, like at those points, they've only trailed in 11 instances out of the 72 that you count there. And almost all of them are by less than 500. They have a plus 377 goal differential per minute, which is triple of what Mad Lions have. Let that sink in, right? It's almost triple what Rogue have, too, by the way. Um... And that's over a 24-game sample while Mads only played 13. Uh, just for comparison, Top Esports is plus 220. And then one more, Season 5 SK Telecom, the team that won Worlds and went 35-6 and six in games that summer, had a plus 317. So there's 60 goal differential like per minute. 60 per minute goal differential better than a Worlds winning T1 team. That's crazy. Damn yeah, that's are just crazy. stomping people. I've... They have a they have almost a ninety six percent first tower rate through twenty four games. Isn't it crazy how much the meta can really affect things? That's because insane. this team just looked this team did not look good at all, like one split ago, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're just crushing. Like the difference that a, that a meta game can make and and some changes and probably you know some rededication from the players as well. Yeah, but. I think in their case it was definitely more them stepping into the modern League of Legends because it looked like they were kind of stuck in last year. They were still doing – they were still trying to play Vlad. They were still trying to, you know, play Call Vladimir and farm forever. And they're still doing unique and weird stuff, which is, like, you know, good for them. But they're not playing old-school League of Legends anymore. They've stepped into 
season ten, and they're playing. And it took them six months, but goddamn, they look good now. So, and they're a fun team to watch too. So, um, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. It was fun little factoids there. Um, T one and Sandbox, the last game on Sunday. T one minus five eighty eight. Sandbox plus three seventy one. That's a pretty big number for a decent team. Sandbox have also struggled with the good teams though. So, I don't know. This, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not going to be on T1 for this. That's for sure. Unless they just come out and look like a changed team. Yeah, I'm definitely not betting T1. Yeah, I don't know you if can I can decide. back Sandbox even though. Yeah, you can decide if you think 371 is enough to go with Sandbox or not. I don't think T1's bettable. Um, I don't think I'm going to bet this one. I'm probably going to pass this. I think I end up passing it, although it's possible T1 coming into that series might not be super motivated, to be honest. I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure they're kind of stuck where they are, like not really going to improve. Yeah, let me take a look. I mean, they're, they're, they're two series behind Genji and Dam1. And four series behind Dragon X. So, yeah, I guess I, I guess I'd probably stay away. I think there's some merit to betting on Sandbox since this will probably be pretty close to must win for them, and T1 probably isn't going to be hyper motivated. Yeah, that's, but a good, that's a good thought. You could pass or go with Sandbox, and I'd be all right with it. Yeah, I'm probably gonna. So I against T1, I've absolutely loved underdog spreads this season because T1 are still doing the T1 thing where they win, you know, twelve to six. Or seven to four, you know, like they don't really care about the numbers at all, which is uh, really it's 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 a good thing. I shouldn't trash talk it, but it's great for us because you know we get these minus five hundred money lines, which means you're going to get like an eight and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half kill spread on this, and you know those are nice. So, Chris, Josh, any thoughts on this one? Or is just kind of like, yeah, I, I I like sandbox to take a map for one eleven. That seems pretty good to me. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, like I think that's that's like the debate, right? Like if you like whether you think Sandbox can take a map or not, because I think that's the bet to target of all the ones on just the sides here. So, all right, uh, let's go to just just quick yeah, uh, compare comparatively, right? Like it's was it Africa DRX? That's the same, pretty much same odds. Like yeah, same odds. What do we think about those gaps? Sandbox T one versus Africa DRX. It feels to me like Sandbox T one's a lot closer. But. Yeah, I think. San- See, I'm lower on Sandbox than you guys are. I think. I think they're okay. Like, I think they're fine. I think they're like, they're gonna be competitive. But like, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Afrika are at like a tier, like a half tier at least above them. But I also know that Afrika struggles, so it's kind of like a you know case by case basis situation for me. It's like I don't I don't know if it's fair to compare that really. Like I actually think Dragon X Africa might be closer. Just like in a vacuum, not knowing that Africa like never beat these good teams. Like if you it, to me that's just really hard to ignore. So I don't know. It's pretty close. I'm probably not going to be on either of these to be honest with you. I think I get what you're getting at though. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's giving. I don't like the value as much, so I'm going to pass. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, LEC or LCS decks? Let's do LCS. Let's get LCS out of the way. Ooh. Six, six shots by me, right? <laughs> um, so, LCS playoff picture. John, I think you said you had Yeah, it. Yeah, I've gone through these playoff pictures. So, for me, 
Now, I'm going to make some leaps of logic here, I guess. Maybe I shouldn't be making leaps of logic. In my <laughs> notes, it's North America, right? <laughs> I mean, in, in my notes, I said I think Immortals is basically eliminated. And I think that's they're not technically eliminated, but I just think the, the way that they're playing, plus their record, everything involved, um, I, I think probably we can consider them not really involved in this argument. Yeah, they would have to win out and then, like, multiple teams lose out. Like, two different teams also, like, 0-4. And I don't know yeah. if that's even... So I think really we're looking at a three-way battle for the eighth seed or seventh and eighth seed. It's a hundred thieves who are currently five and nine, CLG who's currently five and nine, and Dignitas who's currently four and ten. So Dignitas is a game behind. Of those three teams, when you got hundred thieves, Counterlogic Gaming, and Dignitas, I think hundred thieves is basically locked. I think they're playing well enough now that we're not worried that they're going to fall off. The real battle for me is CLG versus Dignitas for the eighth spot. Um, which didn't change. I think that was the battle I was already looking at before this last weekend. And then CLG is now on a four-game losing streak and has looked pretty bad in a lot of their matchups. Dignitas has been the most two-faced team in the whole yeah. league, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They've got to come out and looked really good in some games and then come out and they were in that like 4-0 loss where they just did nothing the entire game. Cover the kill spread, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so, take my cover. I'll take it. <laughs> That was uh, something else. I remember else. that one too because I needed uh, I needed somebody in that game to score points. I don't just anybody to do anything at all in but that I, game. I was, right? uh, yeah, these guys, if these guys you know get like twelve thirteen <laughs> kills, they'd be all right. And then it's like four zero at the end. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be between Dignitas and CLG. If I was betting money on it right now, I think honestly, I think honestly I would go with Dignitas. Yep. But it's, yeah, yeah, I was going to say same thing, dude. It's real sketchy though. I mean, Viper has been awful. Like, don't get me wrong, Viper's been really bad. Um, and I think that's a, like, legitimate thing that can lose you games because yeah. he's still playing – he's playing the Jaces and stuff a lot, and he's having bad games on those champions, and that's not good. But I'm going to go with Dignitas if I was planning a flag. I just – yeah. I, <laughs> do CLG just, like – I don't know. Maybe they just need a week or something. But, like, do CLG, like, literally just look defeated. I know they're in the middle of a losing streak, and teams always tend to look that way when they're losing, but, like – CLG, like, literally just look apathetic to me, like, when they're out there. Like, besides Pobelter, who's, like, trying to get shit done, I don't know. Dude, after that, I could never put any money on CLG again after that Stixay Aphelios game, where, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, where he's, like, sitting in a bush and the whole enemy team's clumped up and he does no damage yeah. to the whole team. I, I just can't put anything on them after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went into detail on that, like, trying to... Like, I literally tried to play defense for the other side and be like, okay, like... How bad was the situation? Like, could he have done other things? Like, there were a couple spots where, like, people were overblowing how bad it was. Like, it wasn't really that bad. But overall, for the whole game, it was terrible. Like, he yeah, was, was not, that, he was not good. Game, he was it not wasn't good. Even just that one fight. It was the whole game. Yeah, it was the whole game. You're right. Um, so, that's the bottom of the table. Uh, we got, like, a weird middle of the table. Honestly, like, so it's like Cloud9 and Liquid at the top. And, like, in all likelihood, they're going to be one and two, right? I don't really see a situation where TSM catches either of them. Like, it's possible, I think, but... Those seem like the top two for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you have TSM, FlyQuest, Evil Geniuses, Golden Guardians, all at at least seven wins apiece. So, uh, what, do you, what are we thinking here? Is this, like, how it's going to pan out? Like, this kind of feels to me like the, the league is just ranked... I kind of like 100 Thieves a little more than Golden Guardians, personally, even though the records don't say so. Like, right now. 
I think Hunter of Thieves is playing. I mean, Golden Guardian is playing pretty well too, but I think those two are actually playing pretty well. Evil Geniuses looked okay this week. Um, I kind of just think like the top four are the top four. I know you guys aren't fans of FlyQuest, but that's the top four looks pretty set to me. Unless EG can keep doing this. So I had uh, I was talking to Nick uh, Nick uh, Nick Ray yesterday to talk about the state of the LCS, and we're kind of both left disappointed with uh, Evil Geniuses with whatever they're doing because it doesn't seem like they know. I mean, they probably have an idea. It's just they're not playing around their talent. So I'm yeah, I'm oh I'm lower on them than I am on FlyQuest. I don't even consider them a top three team or top four much. That was different than when we came into the split, right? Thinking that Evil Geniuses would be in contention, but um, I also don't see TSM catching up. This is a big week for them. They have a pretty tough matchup against uh, both Evil Geniuses and Cloud9. Uh, so it'll it's telling. They want to beat them just as much, just like how TL beat C9. So that's going to be a motivating factor. We'll see if that is enough. Outside of that, though, I'm, I'm probably higher on... Golden Guardians. I was higher on Hundred Thieves last week, and then I saw what happened in that game. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Flip. And to their credit, Hundred Thieves is trying something out with younger players. Whom is like, you know, integrating himself in contracts is doing solid. He's better than Medios, bar none. I, I, I like what Hundred Thieves are doing. They, they struggle with execution sometimes, but I like the direction they're going a lot. Like, I think they have the right idea. Now it's just a matter of, like, honing it. I don't know how much time they're going to have to do that. Right. But, like, I could see them being, like, I could see them making, like, a playoff run. Maybe not beating, you know, these top yeah. few teams. Yeah. But, like, I could see them beating, like, an EG or Golden Guardians or even a FlyQuest. I got I even, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just last thing. I even asked Nick about, like, the idea of why they did, why aren't they playing through, like, someday the, the real carry of the team. and. Probably has something to do with um, just the other players on the team itself that they couldn't execute that. But he would agree that if possible, playing through something would be their best shot. I uh, I have kind of a hot take. Like I, I like what Hundred Thieves is doing, um, and I actually think Rioma has been wildly underrated this split. Yeah. I think Rioma's actually had a very good split, and people have been crapping on him for so long that they forgot that. Like to keep up with how he's doing now. Oh, he's been be- <laughs> so, he's been better in the second half, like for sure. I keep I keep seeing people saying that like he should be out of the league and stuff. But if you watch their last like five or six games, he's been he's been very good actually. Yeah. And I'm I'm the resident um, Rioma hater, and I'll, I'll say it, like he's been good like the last three weeks really. Real, so probably more than take, that. Yeah, last like three or four weeks, yeah. he's been very good. And but my hot take, I think Evil Geniuses is going to fall below Golden Guardians and Hundred Thieves. I, I think Golden Guardians and Hundred Thieves are both better than EG in their. I think, like, it seems like teams get a boost when they do this lineup switch. Like, we always see them come out and, like, get a win or two. It used to be back in the day I would always bet against teams when they were doing a new roster, but it seems like teams just always come out with the new roster. They have new confidence. They're trying something new that the other teams haven't scouted yet, so they have some new, like, plans available. But then it seems like they almost always fall off after after uh, two or three games. And uh, I haven't really liked what I've seen from the new version of EG, and I've, I've quite liked my Golden Guardians and 100 Thieves in the last couple weeks. Dude, EG so. played that one game, and I was like, yes, this is it! You did it! <laughs> you figured it out! And then they just go right back into, like, it's like, god damn it, like, can this team have two good weeks in a row? 
Can they do it? I don't think they can. Like that's my problem. My problem with yeah. EG is is they're they should be so much better and they're not. They're just so so in EG are like to me they are that's like the problem with North American League of Legends. It seems like something doesn't work. They get completely impatient with it. There's an issue I have with best of ones too, by the way. We could bring that discussion up till the cows come home, right? But it feels like they have an idea. They commit to something. It works for like a couple games and then they lose and they're like, oh shit, oh shit, what do we do? And they panic and they change something else and they just like, they just waffle back and forth and they have, ne- they never settle on anything. They never know who they are. And then when they finally do settle on something, it's bad. You know, like it just seems like they can't get any kind of foundation in place. Like this team's capable of running hot. They have the players, they have the talent. It's just like it, they're so frustrating. They're so so frustrating because they are the reason you can't trust North American favorites. Like legit. Like they're they are the reason. It's because they could just not they just no show all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I I like yeah. Golden Guardians and Hundred Thieves more than EG right now. Straight up, I'm I'm with you on that. Like. Yeah, totally agree. Like I know they have games up, like they're seven and seven. Golden Guardians seven and seven. Hundred Thieves five and nine has ground to, you know, make up right now. I think if we're playing the best of five series right now, I would bet the Hundred Thieves and Golden Guardians even even money, like straight up even money. I would bet both of them against CG. Now, yeah, me too. What about the top of the table? I mean, top of the table is not that the the middle of the table in North America is what's interesting, right? Like, yeah, I don't think the top's super exciting. I mean, I think C nine and TL are your top two teams. What do I we think-, think about FlyQuest? I mean, I I've I kind of was beating the drum saying like this is just a couple bad weeks and it they kind of came back into form last week but this is for me uh, here's the thing I, I don't like FlyQuest this season I think they've they've like fallen off the problem is NA is just so bad yeah like yeah they're not falling they're not falling below anybody even though they've fallen off and they're playing worse they're not really falling below anybody because everybody else is so bad so I like, keep looking at it and I'm like this FlyQuest team is garbage, dude. Let me look at these rankings and see who's going to pass them. And I just look at the other teams, and I'm like, He's well, like, nope, oh, nope, nope, I nope. Maybe, <laughs> I guess maybe nobody's going to pass them anyway. Like, so they're probably fourth. Uh, they probably sit at fourth, I would think. That's, like, so on brand for them, though, right? It's like, yeah, we're good enough. <laughs> it's just, like, it feels so shitty, but, like, it is what it is, right? you got to call a spade a spade sometimes. You know, if the if the league can't consistently beat them, then I guess they're the you know the yeah, the gate exactly. the gatekeepers, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're not that good as long as everybody else is worse than not yeah. that good. Because they're it's like they are. I mean, they had those weird two weeks, but like other than those two weeks, like they've been pretty consistent the entire year. So at the very least, like they're consistent in a field of inconsistent teams, and that's good enough for fourth. In the summer, it was good, or in the spring, it was good enough for second. So like, what? You know, like I don't know. I kind of like FlyQuest just in the context of North America, but not because of anything else. So, uh, Any other closing thoughts on North America uh, before we hit the slate here? I guess we'll just talk about it as we hit the slate, right? Uh, Friday night we got a couple bangers. Uh, well, one banger and then one he. Uh, Liquid minus 400, Dignitas plus 274. Must win for Dignitas. Um, if Liquid want to get first, Challenge Cloud 9 for first, this is must win for them too. I don't know if we, if if Dignitas flip heads. I like this number. It's just you're betting on that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't even really. I don't think I like Dignitas no matter what. I think Liquid will beat them. Liquid's just so they've been wildly consistent yep. this season. Just they're not even really that good, but they're they've been wildly consistent. They're like better FlyQuest. 
Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, leveled, up, leveled up FlyQuest. Yeah, with like their less bloody leveled up FlyQuest, right? <laughs> um, I've been doing kill spreads against Luka. They are awful. Awful. Like it's, I think they've won one game against the spread this season. So, yeah, this is going to be another spot. Um, Josh, Chris, thoughts on this one? Ew. Yeah. Uh, next one's interesting. So TSM minus 141, Evil Genius is plus 105. Um, I, I, I just, like, never want to lay money in North America ever, but I think I'm going to with TSM here. I, I, I think EG are just so bad. Yeah, I, I think I bet TSM here, although I'm not going to be super surprised if I end up losing my money because TSM is, like, pretty two-faced as well. Yeah. They've had some games where they looked pretty awful and some other ones where they looked very good, so... I'm going to bet the money on TSM and then just uh, hope that it can Yeah, not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, Chris, I think Josh is probably, he had to take care of something. But Chris, you yeah, have thoughts no on this one? Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that this is, like, for Evil Geniuses, that this is the TSM day one game. They're probably going to look good. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot they're about that. Good, and then they're going to crap the bed in day two, but, and then they have C9. But for now, I think TSM has an identity at the very least. I think they have an identity. It's being inconsistent more so than what I get from Evil Geniuses. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with um, TSM music. This just feels like solo lane difference, doesn't it? Like big time solo lane difference. And yes. probably bottom lane. I mean, Bang. I honestly feel kind of bad for Bang because he's been pretty good overall this calendar year, like just in terms of efficiency. He just, like, this team doesn't know what it wants to do, so what the hell is the AD carry supposed to do, you know? <laughs> Correct. So I feel I do he's kind been, of feel for Bang because he's been okay, but I don't know. What do you what do you think, Josh? I, I think. Kind of, go ahead, John. I was just gonna say I feel like Bang's been kind of invisible this season. Like I feel like I watched a bunch of their games and don't really remember anything he's done positively or negatively. I will say I think he's he was better in spring for sure. In spring he was actually like he was good enough to be like okay, like even when this team was struggling, you could like look at him and be like okay, like he's playing, he's balling out. It's just, but. Yeah, I don't know. Is this a TS? I don't know. Is this TSM, Josh? I would say yes, but I do think like the top lane is a little bit concerning. Like I could see potentially Hooney just running through Broken Blade. Broken Blade's been really bad for my money this split. Yeah, I don't know. He's been average at best. I just it's like really not. He's not the Broken Blade from Spring. Hooney's weird because like you like him to to you know flip heads or whatever like i'm not saying he's he he flips coins like how he plays i just like he can just explode some days like he's just like he looks incredible some days and then he you know looks awful in other days so you know if this is like obviously i like evil geniuses as an underdog if hooney's gonna pop off right but you're betting on you know the how many percentage of the time he does that so who has side choice for this are they gonna have counter pick i think that makes a big deal here i'm trying pull that up real fast like john you want to introduce the next saturday one and i'll pull that up real fast sure on saturday the first game of the day 100 thieves plus 147 against FlyQuest 200 um for me it feels to me like these teams are pretty close uh i think i'm going to lean towards the plus 147 on 100 thieves there um i definitely think they have a big top lane advantage even though they're playing against the the owner and controlling operator of the universe and solo <laughs> uh, in the jungle. 
I think it's pretty close in the jungle. I think the mid lane is actually kind of close. Like, I don't think Power of Evil has been as good in summer as he was in spring. Like, he was just a hard carry in spring, and I feel like he's been fine in summer. He was pretty not good exciting. last week. Last weekend specifically, he was really, really good. But, yeah, like, I think that's fair. Overall, yeah, I think he's been kind of, all like, good this season, but not excellent. And then the bot lane, I don't like either one of these teams' bot lanes. Yeah. So it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, who's going to do better in the, in the top half of the map for me. And I think that's, like, reasonably close, maybe slight edge to 100 Thieves. So I'm, I'm going to bet the plus 147 on 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves are the kind of team that I'm going to like as an underdog in general. Like, it's the same reason, like, earlier in the season, why I liked Golden Guardians, like, going into this season, because, like, it looked like, like, the way they constructed their roster, they wanted to play a certain way. Like, they wanted to play aggressive. They wanted to play up-tempo. And I like underdogs in those spots, because getting a lead makes the game easier for you, right? So... And Hundred Thieves have actually been pretty good at that. Like that's been like what they're they're good at uh, with this iteration of the lineup. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I like Hundred Thieves here quite a bit. Um, just real fast, uh, TSM will be blue side for this one. So Huni does get counter pick, which is interesting. Or Phoenix, I guess, but Phoenix doesn't really. Dardock could counter pick too, I guess, but. Yeah, I don't know. Just that that makes me a little more hesitant on TSM. Although uh, I don't know, it's probably still just TSM. I think in that spot. Um, Josh, Chris, Hundred Thieves, FlyQuest. I think John and I are both on Hundred Thieves. What do you guys think? I'm gonna stick with FlyQuest just because I can't figure out how when the Hundred Thieves are gonna win. I mean, I like it. I like what you guys put out. Like um, that. This is a good spot for them. It's just. I think I'm still a believer in Power of Evil just carrying the game. It's going to be a mid more battle. Uh, solo and someday will be a fun matchup. But overall, I think FlyQuest can just... As long as FlyQuest does like the regular things, they should take this game. That is going to be a fun matchup because Solo's Sol been playing like out of his mind. Like Solo's yeah, been like, playing like legit. He's been really good. We've like We've been calling it for... A year now. <laughs> oh, yeah, why, why, just why, ignore why, all those other times, right? Just totally. What are you talking about? All I've ever said is like the last like year is just insanely positive things about him, not facetiously at all. <laughs> just completely in complimentary form. <sighs> Josh, what do you this, think on this one? It feels like a a pretty hard contrast of playstyle, and I'll just go with what usually wins in NA. I do think like the hundred thieves early game has been really successful, but. Seems like FlyQuest tend to do well against teams that try to do that against them for some reason. Yeah. That's a reasonable argument, too. I could see that. Golden Guardians, plus 362 against Cloud9. Minus 588. Uh, Cloud9 showing some weaknesses. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about the Liquid Cloud9 draft in that game, which was uh, <laughs> which was fun. Which was real fun. We got to see the Sona, the Sona carry again. Which, which shit? How long has it been since we've seen that? Like the beginning of spring? Like, did we even see it in spring? Maybe a couple times. I'm I'm really interested if Cloud Nine is switching up their drafts because they're basically locked and they just want to experiment, or if they're switching up their drafts because they started losing a little bit. Because if they started switching up the drafts because they're losing, then I'm concerned for them. If they started switching up their drafts because they're like, we know what we got in our back pocket, don't worry about it, let's try out some other stuff, then okay, then that's that's fine. But if they switched it up because they lost a couple games and they're trying 
they're jumping into the Stone of Lux composition, then I'm a little bit worried for them in the future. Yeah. So I'll say this uh, for those that don't know, a lot of people are new and like didn't get to experience Sona Carry metagame. Um, it's, I guess, the best way to describe it is there are hyper carries, meaning carries mid laners like mages and, and marksmen that scale well with more money. Like, the later the game goes, they're proportionally stronger than other carries are later in the game. They call those hyper carries, right? Frequently, Aphelios, um, Kog'Maw, uh, Jinx. Like, there's a couple, you know, Attack Speed Varus is a hyper carry. Um, In mid lane, it's like Cassiopeia, Azir. Orianna, you could say, is like a hyper carry control mage because she just scales like crazy because she can one-shot three people with her ultimate. So, um, there's just champions that scale really, really well. And Sona... And to a, there's a couple champions that scale really, really well, but they're not, like, carries. So I tend to just call them hyperscalers. And Sona is a hyperscaler, meaning, like, if she gets if she just gets to get through lane, she's extremely squishy. Her base stats are, like, some of the lowest in the game. So you can punish her, and she has no way to avoid anything. But you have to just kill her right away. So I think... I think Cloud9 basically said Liquid are just playing safe every game. They're just playing Farm Fest, right? They're playing farm, Farming Simulator, Sim Farm, whatever you want to call it, right? They, I think, to me, this looked like they were trying to call Liquid's, just call Liquid out, basically, and say, like, look, we're going to go over top of you. It looks a little weird, but we're going to go over the top, and if you are just going to let bot lane farm and try to hide that or whatever, and you guys are just going to farm this out, we're going to win late, right? And I think... As soon as they threw that gauntlet down, I loved Liquid's response because I think Mordekaiser's insanely good against this kind of thing. And I thought CoreJJ busting out the Blitzcrank instead of something safer was a, was exactly what they needed to do in this spot. And that's, that ended up winning them. Th- those two picks ended up winning them this game, right? Um, so, I mean, honestly, even then, it was looking pretty bad for a little while, right? Like, it was looking like Cloud9 had, like, gotten the lead that they needed. They had a few dragons. Looked like they were actually going to snowball this lead out after outplaying a couple situations, but um, I totally lost my train. Oh, we're talking about Golden Guardians, Cloud Nine, but don't that wasn't entire. I don't think that was entirely a troll draft. It was just kind of like a. It was kind of like a silver bullet, and Liquid had the answer to it, which was good on Liquid. Honestly, I, I, I think Liquid handled that situation great. Yeah, props to Liquid on that one. I agree, Josh. Uh, there's a lot of talk from Zven on summoning insights this week about that pick. Uh, he said like they've practiced it a ton, so it, it definitely wasn't anything troll. Yeah. Um, and we've seen it in the past. It was, it was like, I mean, obviously she's been nerfed since then, but like it was absolutely like game breakingly broken before it was a little hard to do, but once you knew how to do it, it was busted. So yeah, I mean, team liquid busted it out game five of the finals a year ago yeah. uh, to, to win the, to win the split. So, I mean, it was definitely a, a real thing. Yeah, it was like I mean, it was like ninety plus percent banned for the longest time worldwide. For like it was like three or four months, it was like that before. And even after they nerfed it, it was still getting played. So it's a real thing. Um, and then you get to play it with the you had like the shield comps with like you know you had multiple shields and heals with the Lux AOE shield, the Shen shield. You had the Shen um, the Shen Hecarim dive buddy with Niski to layer on top with the set. Like it was a cool comp. I liked it. It was just really hard to execute. So. Anyway, um, Golden Guardians. We think Golden Guardians have a shot here. Um, I don't. I don't think so. Like I, I like yeah, Golden Guardians, but 
I think it, it's getting to the point now where like Cloud9 have lost a few games and everyone's gonna be like, oh yeah, look, like Cloud9 can lose. I'll take a shot on this underdog, and I think like you're just gonna lose money doing that. The rest of the yeah, season, yeah. Golden Guardians is not one of my favorite teams to do that this split either. They've been a kind of a little bit of a different team than they yeah. have been in the past. Yeah. They've been more controlled, more. They're not one of the highest like KPW or DPL yeah. teams in the league. They're pretty controlled actually. Yeah, I think Hundred Thieves not- is the variance team now. Yeah, and so I yeah, Golden Guardian is not my favorite type of team to take in this spot. I think I just passed it up. Yeah, I'll have to see what the kill spreads look like, but I might like Cloud Nine on that angle or Golden Guardians if they're big enough. We'll see. Um, Liquid minus three fifty seven CLG plus two forty six. Nah, nothing for me here. Nope. Nah, probably Liquid kill spreads. Nah. Josh, questions, comments, concerns. Nah, we're doing a focus group on CLG now. Poor Poe Belter, right? Um, that's the focus group. <laughs> uh, dig the, oh, and who the hell's their top laner going to be? That's the other part. <laughs> Probably ruined. Really. Yeah. Uh, Dignitas minus 125. Here it is. Dignitas minus 125 versus Immortals minus 105. Immortals, quote-unquote, I mean, potentially their season on the line here if they want to avoid fake relegation that doesn't exist anymore. I love Dignitas in this spot. I yeah, really do. I, do I really think Immortals is is really struggling at the moment and probably not even really trying anymore. And uh, minus one at one twenty five is a pretty good number on Dignitas, who's still going to feel probably like they have some shot going into this game. So, yeah, I like Dignitas a lot at minus one twenty five. I like Dignitas, and you just you know fade them if Immortal if Insanity takes Karthus because Karthus is buffed on this patch. So we'll see. Uh, for those who don't know, Insanity was like the best Karthus player in North American history. So, yeah, he's a, he was a one trick before he became a professional. So, I'm holding out hope that we see it. Like they're they're going to basically be out, and I want to see him play it on a pro stage. Probably won't work as well on a pro stage, but he was really really good. So, um, Golden Guardians on Sunday. Golden Guardians minus one eighty nine. CLG plus one thirty nine. Guardians. I all right. So. I kind of broke my rule in the last match, but I've been kind of following this rule, and I think it saved me a bunch of money so far, and that's anybody that's, like, not the top four teams that's favored, I'm just, like, I'm skeptical. Just just be skeptical. Just immediately skeptical. Because, like, the fact is, almost all of these teams are too inconsistent to be trusted as favorites of more than, like, you know, a buck 20 or something. So... I like Golden Guardians here. I don't think I can lay minus one eighty nine, and I'm not even a fan of CLG either. I just don't trust any of these bottom teams. That's kind of how I feel. I don't think I'm going to lay the full one ninety on Golden Guardians, even though I think they should beat CLG. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I. Oh, sorry. Drop my headset. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I I'm like. I know I've been on CLG hype train, but I, I mean, at some point you got to wake up and smell the roses. They're just not playing good league right now. It seems like a no bet on either side. The number would have to be bigger on CLG and smaller on, on Golden Guardians. I know that doesn't really make sense, but no, it does. Just seems seems like a, a no bet. Maybe we'll get some decent numbers on kill spreads. Like if this is only like a five and a half or something, maybe we can do something there. Um, it's just really tough to tell what's going to happen with these two teams. It's going to come down to draft a little bit. So. Chris, thoughts on this one? Or 
I will take CLG, just like what you said, Vince. This is a, there is nothing that makes sense in the LCS, and inconsistency is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, maybe that's the play here. I'm, I'm just going to take CLG. That probably is the play. Yeah, I like it. Cloud9, minus 312 against TSM, plus 217. So on one hand, you're getting plus 217 for a pretty decent team. And TSM, on the other hand, it's Cloud9. I'm, I'm not I'm not betting on, on TSM in this one at all. I'm, I'm not a fan of this TSM team overall. Like, I mean, for North America, they're, they're looking like probably the third best team, but... <laughs> God damn, it's so it's sad! Same, it's the same as FlyQuest, dude. I'm just not... They're only the third best team because nobody else in the league is any good. So I, I'm not betting them against Cloud9. Yeah, TSM have had their issues, man. Like, they haven't... Look, Cloud9 have lost games, but Cloud9 have... And I don't even want to say Cloud9 are losing to themselves either. Like, they've lost games, but, like, is anybody off off the train? Like, Cloud9 are clearly the best team, right? Like, I don't even think it's... I think Liquid's okay. I still think Cloud9 are way better than Liquid. I know the records aren't that much different, but... I think those teams are kind of close because they do different things. Yeah, well. I guess that's fair. That's fair. But But nobody else in the league is close to either one of them. And I have to pull for Team Liquid for the rest of the season because I have a bet. On who's going to win the LCS? And I think I have bet. a regular season team liquid bet out. Actually, I have a not Cloud Nine bet out that I need to win. Oh yeah, so. I forgot you told me about that. You told me about that. Let's see. I have. Oh no, I think it's full season. Oh no, it's not. Hold up. Anyway, it's yeah. No, I have the full. I have I have sixteen to one the full season. They have to win the whole thing, which actually doesn't isn't looking too bad now. So. No, I'd take them right now at sixteen to one. Yeah, sixty. They could they could take a series off Cloud Nine. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the match of the week, right? It's one and two. Or I no, like yeah, this no, one too. No, no, it's not one and two. I'm an idiot. I, I keep. I, we started talking about Liquid. I got all crossed up. So, um, yeah, FlyQuest Evil Genius is next. Minus one twenty for FlyQuest Evil Genius. Minus one eleven. I'm sure you could shop around and find you know whatever on the on this. So. We'll say you know slight edge FlyQuest. What, what are we thinking here? I I I really just give me FlyQuest. Yeah, I think I'm going to bet FlyQuest, and I'm not even a, a big fan of FlyQuest right now. But I think I'm going to bet them at minus one twenty. Just they're so trustworthy. They're so trustworthy, and that's all they do. Like that's the only thing that they do is be trustworthy in a league that's not. Give me FlyQuest. I don't. Even, I'm just gonna slam the slam the door on that. That'd give me FlyQuest there. That's like borderline pick of the week. I'm gonna think about that one. I feel Gosh. like we should be talking more about this matchup because it's like it should be interesting, but it's just like NA, dude. Josh, you got anything? I, I'm having uh, fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any big takes on this one. Honestly, I think either. I don't know. I feel like you can go either way. To me, FlyQuest seems like the bet, but. I do like what EG looks like with this new iteration, for yeah. what it's worth. I, I, I do think uh, someone put it, I forget which you know which, which analyst put it this way, but they said basically what they did was they flipped the variance from mid lane to top lane, and honestly, that makes sense to me. Like, you know Golden Glue has, is a lower ceiling player than Jazuke, but he's probably higher floor um, in terms of just, like, being a consistent force. And given that top lane generally doesn't have a huge impact, like, if you get ran over in top lane, you, it doesn't necessarily mean you auto-lose, right? So, like, even if Huni 
I don't know. It just seems like they shifted the variance to the right spot on the map. Because we've seen it with IG all year. Like, even when your top lane gets smashed, as long as everywhere else does okay, you can still win the game. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. It's just tough. Um, the number seems like like it's a FlyQuest bet, but like I said, I'm a little bit jaded off FlyQuest, so. That's fair. Uh, Chris, what did you have on this one? Yeah, I couldn't pick. It was it was a little bit tough. Like, But if you said you can shop around, I would pick whoever ends up with it being the plus value. Yeah, I think that's probably a good play, too. 100 Thieves. Is this nuts? Absolutely. 100 Thieves minus 167. I know I'm breaking my rule, but it's Immortals plus 124. Yeah, see, if, if I wasn't committed now to picking only plus money picks of the week again, thanks to Foo Honky, <laughs> then, uh, then I would make this 100 Thieves bet my pick of the week because I think this is just insanely good value. But I might do yeah, it. We'll see. I'm definitely betting it. I like that one quite Man. a bit as well. This this dude Gelati is just a fake Karthus truther. I tell you what, what he just wants to bet against the Karthus one trick. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He, man. He's not going to play it until the last game. That's my theory. He pl- he already played it. Give me give me give me some plus odds on. Um, he's not going to play it again until the last game. I should say. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean I don't know. He's playing that style of champion though. Just the hyperscaling mid. So again, it's just like will hundred thieves run this over in the early game? I, I think there's a decent argument to say yes, but if not, Insanity's. I think he's the highest damage per minute in the league right now. Karthus will do that. Just saying, Karthus and Kogma, yeah. I mean, and Azir, but and... yeah, but I mean, we saw Jazuke play Kogma and look awful, and Cassidy. And, you know, what I mean, we've seen talented players still look bad on it. Yeah. So there's something to be said there. Um, Give me hundred yeah. thieves, man. I'm gonna break. Yeah. I'm gonna break my rule and take hundred thieves here. I think I'm all over hundred thieves. Uh, yeah. Uh, side note: I am happy for Insanity's shot. I, I think he he does belong. Just hope a good team pick him up. Yeah, he he actually looks pretty good. Like, I don't know. It's it's so hard to judge on that team, but he actually looks pretty good. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Biased. Do you guys? Do you guys have any narratives on Xmithy against this type of jungler? Like, it feels like this type of jungler would just murder Xmithy, but on the other hand, I could see, like, since he's supposedly really good at tracking, that it could kind of just mess up. You know, like, he could just give his laners ideas of where he's at at all times and kind of prevent early game snowballs. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, like, just I philosophically. Just, I just think the meta is so bad for Xmithy. Like, by Xmithy, do you mean Meteos 2.0 or. That's how I feel about Smithy. I'm not not a big fan of Smithy this split. It's just... The thing that's been good about him is that his champion pool over the course of his career has just been, like, pretty immune to the metagame. Like, it's been deep enough that he can kind of... He always has, like, a few picks that work. Right now, it's, like, Graves, and that's it. Like, Trundle. He's played the set a couple times. He's played something else, too. He he played Ivern, right? Was he the one that played Ivern? Like, that's the thing, like, I feel like if you take him off Graves, maybe you could do Olaf, I don't know. Like, if you take him off those picks, like, he's not going to play Nidalee. He's not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to play the Kha'Zix. Maybe he will, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's possible, it just seems right. like the metagame is really bad for him, and, like, maybe that doesn't matter if all his job is to, to stop things, but, like, the way the game is right now, you need to either be able to play those champions or you're just losing draft equity having to ban them because if you, if the other person has one of them, you have to play one of the other ones or you just get you just fall behind and that's it, 
right? So that's part of the reason we're seeing Kha'Zix, by the way, is because he can keep up with those and he can beat them one-on-one. So uh, he also just got buffed, but yeah, anyway. Um, it seems like, I don't know, I, I feel like Smithy gets a little bit of a bad rap because to me, the way you describe his play is not that different than someone like Zerse. Yeah, yeah. Who, no. who's, who gets lauded, though, in the LEC. It's just like... Completely different narrative for fairly similar champion pool. Obviously, a little bit different gameplay style, but yeah, like pretty pretty similar champion pool. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think Hundred Thieves is the better team, and I definitely wish they had Mortal Kombat better. I just don't know if I would lay 170 on him at this yeah. point. I, I, I like I don't mean to be dunking on X Smithy. I just think that like he's not in a position right now where he can like he's best equipped to manage things. Now maybe he can overcome that, but hasn't really been the case so far. I don't think he's been particularly bad either. It's just like he can't make enough of a difference. That's the way it feels to me. Anyway. Um, got a little background noise there, Josh. Uh, where are we going? LPL next? Sure. Yeah. So LPL on Saturday, we move back to three-a-days for the rest of the season, which is going to be sweet for DFS. That's going to be fun. Um, get them three game slates again. You might have to mute there, Josh. Alright. Um, so Friday we have... <laughs> who was it? Was it Chris? We have Royal Easily Give Up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Minus 556 against Dominus. Well, if they're going to easily give up, don't you want the Dominus plus 345? I am taking the Dominus. For real? <laughs> Lock it in pick of the week, Chris. Don't do it, dude. I don't know if I'm going to want to make you got your whole You got your whole life ahead of you. Don't put that right as your pick of the week. <laughs> so bad right now. I don't Dominus are a classic example of a team that looks – that is better than they were. I think they're – I actually think this roster looks substantially better than the previous iteration of it. But substantially better than like a, like a 0.5 on a 1 to 10 scale is like a 1 or a 1.5. <laughs> Dominus are – LNG have shown some signs of life, but like if you look at like the metrics and everything, Dominus are by far the worst team in the league. Like by far, um, they are they're chippy. They'll fight. They're not just going to roll over and die like LNG tend to do in their losses. So like they'll bring the fight to you, which I guess I like more than the LNG style of doing things. But this team is not good. Like not good. Late season LPL, Gelati. Yeah, you know, I always preach that. You're right. You're right. It is July 29th right now. Um, Teams are pretty much out of the running here. So the thing is, so RNG, I'm trying to think of like RNG right now is not out of the running. That's the thing. They're pretty much out of the running. I'm trying to look at the next like today or tomorrow. So tomorrow we have Top and Sooning and WE and V5. So if... They have four more games. They'd have to win. That doesn't really affect. Really get in. Yeah, that doesn't really affect them. Like those two teams. I guess like if WE lose, that's one more team that they could catch. So that's good for them, I guess. I think they pretty much have to win out. They have to win out, and they need like probably Fun Plus to lose two. I think WE could actually lose a few. Like WE gets victory five, E Star. Uh, OMG, never mind. They could. I don't know, man. Like, WE could lose those games. 
they're just in a bad position where they can win out but still not get in. They need help. They're in the JDG situation from Springlish. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to correct. That's what I was trying to think about earlier. I think last week we were talking about um, the team that made like the miracle run last season. We said it or last year in like spring or summer they had to like get in on like you know. This team, like four teams losing exactly one two, and another team losing exactly zero two. It was JDG. It was JDG. It wasn't WG. It was JDG with Imp. Yes. It was JDG, and then they beat FPX, and that's what started the FPX revenge tour that eventually led to the world championship. They needed WE to beat out EDG to get in. Yeah. It was. It was a very complex. Well, they needed like it was like four different outcomes to go exactly like exactsies, and it did. Like lightning struck twice, and then they and then they won, like two series, and like you know what I should we should thank JDG because now one now they're good they've realized the errors of their ways, and two they motivated FPX to go on the you know the FPX revenge tour, which won them a world championship. So I guess we should thank JDG, right? Yep, JDG are heroes now. <laughs> uh, I yeah you know I don't hate the Dominus plus one and a half here. Because RNG have been very two-faced this season. Like, they just no-show for individual games, even after, like, rolling in game one. They've done that a lot this season. Um, Dominus got nothing to lose at this point. I could totally see a Dominus game win. So I don't hate the plus 1.5 or plus 105. How much of a mistake does it end up being, and whose mistake, if we just don't see Kryon? If RNG just doesn't make worlds, then we never saw Cry in this split. That feels like a huge mistake. Uh, the thing is, like, here's what's frustrating, and I've, I've said this about this team a bunch of times already. They have an embarrassment of riches, and it's kind of frustrating because, like, they're just not good enough. I get like they're just not consistent, right? Zhao Hu, has been really, really good this season. Yeah, I think he's been pretty good. Like, he's been the best player like... on their team, like in summer. It feels like somebody has like somebody gets fired over this. If if you went and picked up like a a hot prospect from another team that did really well, and then you don't even make well, the playoffs, so, no, so the whole catch the whole catch is it, it wasn't E Star's prospect; it was RNG's prospect, and he was on loan to them. Yeah, I mean, you you bring him and you put him on your team, and then you don't play him the entire split, and you don't make playoffs. That's I feel a like, bad look. Yeah, I feel like that's a really bad look for somebody in there, but. At the same time, like to to me, to me, that entire move, in hindsight, that entire move was just playing keep away from and a like, honestly, competitor. Crying could have been, yeah. I mean, crying could have been on on this victory five team. Oh yeah, and they would be they would be way better because I think Mole has not had a great season. You Mole's, could have crying on this on this. Mole's team. been okay, but you're right. Like he's kind of this is like a, a a human psychology thing where there's like it's not like confirmation bias in the sense that like what do they call it? Uh, anchoring bias, maybe where it's like. I always forget these. But um, people tend to look at someone that was really bad, and when they improve, it like they amplify it because it was so much better than like a very, very bad thing. When in reality, like that doesn't necessarily make him good. It just makes him much better than he was, you know? So like they tend to over – if he goes from like a two like, – he was the best player on that team. But if he goes from like a four to a, to a seven, in people's heads, it feels like he's gone from like a four to a nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if I'm explaining it the best way, but, like, you see this in professional sports all the time where, like, there's a decent player and he goes on a good team and has a good season. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, see, he's really good. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think Mole's been pretty good this season. I think it fits. It's He's been – that whole team is – it's 
everybody. It's not just one person. So, yeah, the whole crying thing's weird because I, I almost can't fault them for it because, like, how, we, how are you taking Zhao Hu out? He's been playing so well. Like, that's the problem here, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just tough. I feel like if you don't make the playoffs and you had crying on the bench the whole time, it's going to feel going to feel pretty bad even if Yahoo's had a pretty good season like the team's not winning so yeah it, it might be worth changing things up a little bit yeah I just wonder like with this team I wonder if like they I don't know we talked about the top lane situation but they've got good two good top laners there too apparently because new has been pretty good so like what the hell do I know like like this team is so frustrating it's so frustrating because they, sh- they, sh- they should be a playoff team they should be no questions a playoff team to me and they just they just take games off it literally looks like they just fall asleep for games at times. It's frustrating. Um, LGD, Vici. This is a good one. Um, LGD minus 185, Vici plus 138. A lot of playoff. I mean, this is must win for Vici. They're at 7-6. and six. LGD moved to 8-5 and five with the loss this morning. Um, oh, man, that series. That series was something else. That series was like... So LPL. Like, that was, like... I mean, two that was, like, so on-brand for LGD. Go ahead, John. Oh, just to say, two teams losing with Soul in back-to-back games. Ocean Soul! And Ocean... I was so tilted. I was so tilted, man. Like, I... Look, I was on LGD, so whatever. Like, at that... It got to a point where, like, after that happened, I did not care how the series went. <laughs> like, I didn't even care how the series went. I was just like, you know what? Like, I... It, that was the kind of series that was a downgrade for both teams. Like, sincerely, I think that was a downgrade for both teams. And, like, Fun Plus are probably going to end up making playoffs because they won that series. But I am not optimistic for their outlook right now. <laughs> but, I don't know. I guess they got it done, and you got to give credit where it's due for that, I guess. But, yikes. Um, anyway, LGD Vici, uh... I think I'm going to go with LGD. I think yeah. I'm actually going to bet the minus 185. I'm I'm kind of out on Vici to be honest with you. Yeah, I know you're you've you've been out on Vici for a little while, so like that makes sense. Like knowing how you've thought about this over the course of the season, I've been very bullish on Vici, so I'm obviously going to be on Vici here. But I'm trying to think of like if RNG win. I'm trying to look at like who plays if we. No, I I, I mean Vici still control their own destiny, like to some extent. Like if they win, they yeah, have to if win. They win out, if they win, if they win out, they're almost definitely going to be in. Because I think of who they play. If I'm remembering correctly, let me see. It's not really possible for like a ten win team not to make it. That's just like probably never happened. So the thing if is, they, they, win out, they have a. Win. This is their easiest game left. That's what's crazy. Yeah, they, so, they need they need to win it for sure. Yeah, they play LGD Sooning and Invi- they play they close the season with the very Ooh. last game of the season against Invictus. Which is just a brutal beat. Um, crush no matter what. Yeah, it feels like it, right? Um, I just this number is I don't know. This number is too big for LGD. I think I'm gonna be on Vici, but I could understand the other side too. Oof. Chris. Oh man, just hearing that is like because I'm I'm a fan of what Vici is building towards, but man, that's a rough schedule. I, I had given them every chance to have made it if I didn't know who to fight, like, thought it, they're going to, Sooning, okay, they're going to lose that, but IG. They could beat Sooning, I think. 
they would need to play really well. Just I, I, I'm personally, I didn't think Suning was that great until I saw their last game, and I said, okay, now I understand why this team is up there. Yeah, they're playing their best. It's a meta. It's a meta that fits Suning right now. Not necessarily that I think that Suning, in and of itself, is a great team that will carry on consistently. Um, but it's a tough road. Yeah, that's the that's the challenge here, right? Um, I mean, I'm going to be on Vici. John likes LGD. Any thoughts on this uh, one, Chris? Like on a side here, or are you just? I'm like... gonna Aches. Uh, wait, is it this? No, Sika Aches. Right, Aches is yeah. uh, the jungle. If Aches is starting, I like Vici. Here we go with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. We've run really long, I'm so I don't have this conversation yeah, I right now. That, but... I just feel that Leon needs a break. <laughs> That's what I think. We'll talk Alphacast about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see either side being justified here. I mean, I'm, I like Vici, but... I think, like, this is just something in general, too. When you get into these end-of-season situations where you have a team that, like, has a... Don't hold their schedule, necessarily. You can hold their schedule against a team for actually making the playoffs. Don't hold it on a game-by-game basis, right? Like, I think that's a trap people fall into where they're like, oh, yeah, Vici aren't going to make playoffs, so, like, they downgrade them in their head. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you need, like treat these game by game until they're eliminated. Then you could start factoring in the psychology and like you know have these players quit or they starting subs like that kind of thing. So um, try to be you know agnostic to that until it actually kicks in. You know, and that goes for every league just in general. So Rogue Warriors minus two fifty six. What? Better be Dominus. It's not. It's LNG. Give me LNG. I hate LNG, but this is Rogue Warriors don't deserve to be laying this much money against anybody. This is the, this is, this was the Billy Billy thing I went through the other day. Like, I do think Rogue Warriors are better. But like, are you really gonna lay two fifty six with this team? No, I'm not betting Rogue Warriors. The only question of whether or not I think it's worth betting LNG or not. I'm not sure. I think it's worth betting LNG. Yeah. I'll give credit. Like, I mean, Harrow Harrow is really really good. He, they got to get him on a good team, man. Like, I, he's like Peanut. He's just like Peanut. And if you get him on like a team that need, like, put him on Invictus. Oh my God, that would be like, <laughs> that'd be such a dream. I mean, I guess it would kill the friendship, but you know. Yeah, don't you, don't you talk about getting rid of? Ning. Yeah, I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to disrupt the, the the feng shui right now. You know, the only person that can replace Ning is MLXG. If you brought MLXG, <laughs> back, you're, allowed, you're allowed to replace Ning. Um. This this is kind of a guard. Rogue Warriors got eliminated today with FPX winning, so um, nothing to play for there for either of these teams. But I'm very interested because I'm I'm like I have no betting background, as you can tell from my pick of the weeks. But they're so confident that Rogue Warriors are winning, but they're not as confident that they're going to sweep. Yeah, I'm trying to run. Typically, the the spreads correlate to the money line uh, to a certain point, but with certain teams, they will like you know edge it one way or the other if they've shown a propensity to like not win two zero. But it's got to be like a pretty strong, like consistent thing. Usually, when like I don't know, that's usually how it goes, and like there's exceptions for it and everything. Or like they like if you look at this and you get the true odds out of it, there's a lot of juice in it either way. So, you know, that's their way of, like, arbitraging on the back end of it to avoid, you know, getting blown out that way from the book side of things. Uh, I, emergency alert. I know we're in the middle of talking yeah, about some important stuff. Emergency alert. Uh, the LEC has ended the Neon partnership. Seriously. 
as of just now. The backlash worked. Nice. They wow. just released. Uh, they just released a press uh, release. As a company and as a league, we know that it's important to recognize when we make mistakes and quickly work to correct them. After further reflection, while we remain steadfastly committed to all of our players and fans, including those living in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, they have ended their partnership with Neom effective immediately. Holy shit! Honestly, I'm a little shocked. Like, good on that. I want to say good on them. Because, yeah. like, they wouldn't have done this if it wasn't, like, an absurd amount of money. Like, an absurd amount of money. Big brain move. They did it on purpose, knowing there'd be backlash oh so they could God. cancel it, so they could build loyalty with their cast. Would not surprise <laughs> me in the least. No, that would be, that'd be a genius move, dude. That'd be... Wow. Set it up um, now, now Frosker and will never leave, because we've wow. shown that her voice matters so much. Wow. I'm not, uh, but no, that's not, it's really impressive. It was less than a day. Dude, from, it was 12 hours ago. Yeah, not even. Hour, it was like 10 hours ago. To canceling it. Well done to everybody involved with that, I think. Jeez. Wow, that's huge. Um, I got sidetracked there. Uh, got to get back to talking about these meaningless LPL games, right? <laughs> uh, this one is not technically meaningless. So we have EDG season on the line. They're... They're at five and eight. They have to win out and get some help. So they're with Billy. I mean, Billy, but both of these teams, they're both at five and eight, need a lot of help. They're both the same exact game score, 14 and 18. Uh, not technically eliminated, need a lot of help, but um, interesting, right? Because Billy Billy have actually looked pretty good since going back to Meteor. Like, if you, if you, you have to treat this team as like the Meteor version versus the not Meteor version, I think. Because they are pretty clearly a much different team. They have some of the same problems, but for the most part, they they look. He's the heart and soul of this team. It was it blew my mind that he wasn't playing, but we knew, you know, in hindsight now we know that all the off the field stuff was going on. So I, I kind of like Billy Billy here, but EDG after a rough stretch have actually kind of looked a little better in the last two series. So I don't know. Yeah, BLG's fallen a little flat for me in their last couple series after uh, finally giving them a little bit of faith in the series before that. Well, you didn't like the the two a sweep of Rogue Warriors. I do. I do think that uh, they. I like them to beat EDG here. Actually, I think plus one twelve is a pretty good number. I yeah. think I'm going to take uh, take that number on Billy Billy. But I'm not as confident as I might have been like two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, I kind of think this is like a current form. Like this should just be closer. Like this should be like minus one twenty plus one hundred. So I'll I'll take a shot on Billy Billy. I do think EDG should be favored, just in general. I will say Scout's actually been playing like really, really well the past few series, so keep an eye. But Fofo was just nuts in the last series. He popped off, so Invictus OMG. Two old esports organizations. OMG OMG are like annoyingly <laughs> I wanna just be like this team sucks, but like they hang in games and Curse has been trying real hard to put the team on his back. <laughs> And I think the AD carry switch was big. I think the new AD carry, Eric, has looked Oh, he better. looked great. SMLZ was looking awful all season. Yeah, I think he, they needed to make a change there. I feel real bad because he had, like, basically the, the series-ending mistake in that series. Yeah. But, like, he, the rest of that series, he looked outstanding for a debut. He was great. Yep, and so I think they're going to look better because this is an eighty carry. Like we haven't talked about it a lot, but this is a kind of eighty carry. It's a weirdly eighty carry centric meta. Yeah, in the sense that I actually think a lot of the games will end if the games don't end before a certain point. Then it's super eighty carry heavy. 
But there's also a way to completely avoid that by doing what Cloud9 has been doing the whole season and stuff and just winning so fast, snowballing those leads so fast yeah. that the AD carries never get going. So it's like when I've been looking at games, just from a DFS perspective for people, it's been very weird because AD carries are clearly the highest scorers with some types of teams and not even close to the highest scorers with other types of teams. And so it's it's all very dependent on which type of team they are. If they're a quick win team, then their AD carries don't do that well. If they're a scaling team of any kind, then their AD carries do awesome. But yeah. just an interesting little thing that's been going I on. Think this the other really interesting thing is like kind of to the same point, just from a different angle, is it feels like the people that play certain champions, like not every AD carry player is a good Callista player. And it feels like yeah. the good Callista players right now make a huge difference, and the people that can play like the off-meta stuff also make a huge difference, right? That at least have the threat of playing that, right? Yeah. Um, I think Callista in particular is like very, very important right now, and as infuriating as that champion can be, she is the snowball. Like her and Ash are like the snowball eighty carries. So if you're playing those snowball comps and you can only play Ash, that kind of limits what you can do. And then your team ends up being in this weird, like, philosophically conflicting alignment a lot of time where you might have a team, a top side, that wants to play, like, you know, tempo base, where it's like an Olaf Syndra kind of situation or something like that, or Olaf Twisted Fate. And then you just have, like, this Aphelios just because it was the best champion left. And it doesn't, like, it's a good backup plan, but it's not, like, it doesn't really fit with what you want to be doing. Whereas, like, it feels like the teams that can play Callista well are, are, like well positioned at the moment, like and it's not just close. There's a number of different picks, but like feels like well, that's kind of a key a key pick right now. And like not every not every carry plays it well. I agree with you. And Callista is a champion I've hated for like the last like X years. I always hate when my teams take Callista, but this split actually, uh, I've been fine with it for the players that play well because I do think that snowballing through the lanes is a very very viable strategy. Yeah. And she's very good at those like second Drake and third Drake fights, which is what, like, the most important things in the game right now. And Callista's very good at both those stages. So I've been fine with Callista's this split, even though I notoriously hate them. Yeah, Callista's kind of like the... She gives you a big enough... She's like an inverse security... Like, uh, like, like backup, like, security policy, right? Where she can get you those second and third Drake. So if you get all three, the margin for error of the enemy team is so, so small. Like they just can't screw up the rest of the game and she can solo them. She can take Barons. You can use it to leverage to take Barons off that point. It, you know, obviously doesn't scale like an Aphelios does, but like given the certain, the picks that are being played right now, she scales fine. Given like you're seeing the sets and the volley bears and stuff like that. She's outstanding against that kind of stuff. Cause she wants you know, low range stuff to get a lot of spears going. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. I, I think that said, like Invictus do are still dropping games like crazy, like once in a while. But like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Invictus are are just good. I, oh, Invictus is for real for sure. Yeah, Invictus, I, Invictus is coming for the title. I don't think they're going to win it necessarily, but they're coming for the title. I think Dark Horse for Worlds is my call on this team. Um, I'm going to like Invictus to beat this 2-0, I think. What do you think, Chris? Sorry. I'm Invictus OMG. The 2-0 is what I'm staring at, too. It's a much better value than the money line. And it's very... It's, it seems safe yeah. to me. I mean, the IG do tend to tend to lose games. Right. but they, they haven't kind of been that way as much like recently. So, uh, I mean, the only the, games that they're losing are like... Uh, 
Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was saying like this is an evolve IG that plays the macro first, yeah. and then we go for the, the those insane like things that they usually do. So. That series was so good. I just can't get over how fun that series was to watch. The Top Invictus series. Oh my god, that that series literally looked like they just like looked at each other and it was like a bar fight. Like it was just on. Like they just like everybody like threw everything aside. Everyone was trying to outplay every situation. It looked like the sickest solo queue game ever. Like it was really really fun. I don't know how John would feel about this, but I think I tweeted out like you know, um, I don't know if I tweeted out or told out loud that you know. Um, Rookie demoted knight from the CEO spot. Dude, I, I gotta say it, like Rookie I just finished watching the last dance. Maybe this would be like sign off topic. I just, I watched the last dance for the first time. Like I like it was really hyped a couple like a month ago or whatever, and I actually finally got around to watching it. And like Faker and Rookie just have that like they just have that killer instinct, you know, like like that Jordan just like, oh this guy said something or this guy's the hot new thing. Like I have I just have to smash it to such a degree that I mean he didn't it wasn't just him in that game, but like and honestly Knight play, did a lot of wacky shit in that series too, so like I'm not taking anything away, but it just feels like they have these like silencer moments. like those those all time great players just have these silencer moments. Where like they can go into a stadium and just like shut the crowd up like instantly. So I don't know. It, it kind of felt that way to me, but it was a team effort. It wasn't just Knight and Rookie. Like it wasn't just Rookie dunking on Knight that was the difference in that series or anything. Because that's not what happened. It was just I don't know. Anyway, um, V five JDG another interesting one. So victory five plus one forty two JDG minus one ninety two uh, JDG sweep plus one sixty four. JDG, JDG are like just solid. They're just rock solid. They look, they look like they did in spring. Um, it looks like it took Kanavi. I mean, they were obviously shaking some rust off at the beginning of the season, but they've just gotten better and better and better as the season's going on. Yeah, the narrative, uh, and and I was in this narrative too. But the narrative had definitely moved over to top esports is the best team in the world. But I mean, we look at it now. I mean, JDG is the best team in the league right now. And they've been actually, you know, they were kind of flying under the radar, but they're on an 11 win streak right yep. now. Yep. They, they've just been crushing. I will say they've been a little variant. Like they've lost some games in some series that I wouldn't have expected them to lose. It hasn't been all clean two zeros. Well, they but... also don't have like those like 6,000 gold lead at 15 minutes, just destroy you wins either. They're more like a T one kind of like methodical. Like they don't give a shit about smashing you. They just want to win. Kind of team. Yeah, they've been they've been rock solid in the sense that you can count on them for wins almost for sure. But they have had a couple games that got away yeah. from them. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, don't don't sleep on JDG. Everyone, yeah, I, you're right. Everyone was on the. T- I mean, t- I, th- I still think top of the best team in the league, but uh, I do I think, think I think they have competition. I think JDG and Invictus are both very very good. I, I really do think it's like a three headed giant. And JDG in this matchup, I think 192 might be a little heavy for a single bet, but I think I want to be on the JDG side. I think maybe I might throw it into a parlay with another thing or two. Yeah. Um, I've kind of mentioned – I wrote on Victory 5 because they play tomorrow, but Victory 5 are – they've lost a couple in a row, but you got to remember that they played against Suning, Top, and JDG in their last three – is it Top or Invictus? I forget. It It was Suning and Top, and then I think it was JDG. In their last three, it was I one of the other elite up. teams. Talking, I'll look up. Um, 
they've played three really, really hard teams, and they've gone to three games in all three. They beat um, top, and they lost 1-2 to IG, and I think it was JDG. So they're still there. I do think that top and Invictus kind of laid out a good blueprint for, you know, I don't want to say solving this team, but making things more difficult for them, like not letting them just be all comfort all the time. Um, you can kind of pre- like direct way onto or way yeah way way I'm sorry onto a champion where you can set up a counter pick and manage it. The thing is, like, I don't want to say victory five are solved. They're just a little bit solved, right? They still have other ways to play. Like we've seen them pivot and just say, "Oh, you guys are going to try to match us early. We'll go over the top and outscale you with the kale or an orn or something." So they're still a good team. I don't want to take anything away from Victory 5. Who was it, Chris? So, they uh, last four games, they lost to Invictus 2-1, 1-2, uh, Tops Esports 1-2, they beat LNG. Oh, sorry, Suning, Invictus, Tops Esports. So, that's yeah. three really, really tough games. Yeah, that's a tough schedule. And I think everyone's kind of, like, off the hype because, like, Invictus are coming up and JDG are coming up. Or I shouldn't say coming up. People are, like, finally looking and being like, hey, JDG's good again. And, hey, you know... You know, top lost the series. All of a sudden, they're not gods anymore. And, like, Victory 5 lost two series in a row. And I don't think people realize, like, they lost two really good... This team's still really, really good. It took Invictus and Top having a good game plan for them, and they still got games in those series. Like, they're a good team. They have a real bar matchup for me tonight. They're playing against WE yeah. tonight. I think and they're that is a, WE. That's a bar matchup for me. If they, they, they need to come out there and really beat WE if they want to be considered... You know, one of those upper echelon teams for me. Yeah, I, I do think that they're probably a tier below those three. But I think, I mean, they're probably fourth for me personally. I think, I mean, you can make an argument for Sooning. You can make an argument for, like, any of these up-and-comers. Uh, if you think FPX can improve. I think they're better than WE. I think they're, I, honestly, I think they're way better than WE. I think they just play the game a better way. But I guess we'll find out tonight. Um, yeah, anyway, I... I is there a chance we see JDG let a foot off the gas here? Uh, Victory Five are exactly the kind of team I like to take games, but I, I'm pretty big on JDG. I, I think I'm, JDG is just really good, and they're yeah. just playing really, really. I mean, honestly, like they've been getting better, and the fact that they've been a little bit shaky, like they haven't even had that many blowout performances. Like they could easily just have a blowout performance here, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not surprised. So, yeah, that yeah, actually should good. be a good. That should be a good match. So, uh, E Star WE. Second match on Sunday of three. E-Star plus 207. So, E-Star... E-Star this morning had a game against JDG. They had a match against JDG this morning. They definitely could have won... I think it was the first game. I might be crossing the two games. Yeah, first game. They definitely could have won that game and just straight up botched it. But that's kind of been a pattern with them this season. Um, That's what I was going to say real quick is is E-Star... I have, have enough evidence now, I feel, that that team just cannot close games. Yeah. Because there's been so many series where I've been on ESAR and they've gotten leads or they've gotten in situations where they should be able to win, and they just – I don't know if they've won a single game of those games. Yeah, and it feels so like I they have, haven't won any of them. They have good stats. Like, they have good stats yep. when you look at their stats, and the, but the problem is they use those stats to, like, be even or ahead at a certain point in the game, and then they just never win those games. So, I mean, I'm kind of – like, how many games did we see? Like, the Victory 5 series, they were winning the first two games of that series. Like, they should yeah, have won the first two games of that series. That's happened in tons of their series. Yeah, like, well, like I've been on E-Star so much. 
or they've been scaling better than the opponent and the gold is even or something like that and they just never end up winning yeah i mean, I mean in this case this morning it did take kind of a steal i think kanavi had kind of a sweet steal on the soul on the soul dragon that kind of it looked like they just blew the game. I mean, they blew the game open from there and just won it like, in like a few minutes. But it feels like that's been the case a little too often. Um, I don't. The thing is, like, there's to me, they're still clearly better than like the LNGs and Dominuses of the world. Like, I still yeah. have them like a clear cut better because they, like, they don't just get run over. Like. At some point, they're going to do the LGD thing where they just get a lead, and it's going to be so big that it doesn't matter if they screw up. You know, I say that. I say that, and I thought LGD had one of them this morning, but you know, I don't know. Uh, the thing is, WE are like really good against this kind of team, right? I feel like it. They're like WE has been a very good. I, there's like a whole archetype of team that didn't used to exist that I've been talking about in my videos which is what I would call, like, the second and third Drake teams. They're teams that are really, really good at having, like, teamwork, team fighting compositions that always win those second and third Drake fights. Flyquest. And that's where I put WE. FlyQuest, JDG is like that. You can see it in their stats because all these teams are, like, negative gold at 15 minutes, but really good records for the most part. Or, and if you look at, like, their Drake control, it's, like, you know, 55-plus percent. Like, yeah, and... Getting... Those are the teams that right now I have the most faith in of, of all the leagues, no matter which team it is. There's like a couple of those in every league, and I have huge faith in them. And I so I think WE takes care of Eastar no problem. Yeah, I have. I think I think Victory Five are a much more difficult challenge that they face tomorrow morning than. Yeah. I think Eastar is just kind of like the bad version of that. Yeah, so, I think WE will take care of Victory Five or I mean Eastar rather. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the other thing is like I mean the only other angle to this I think is like if WE win this morning or like tomorrow morning. And they beat Victory Five. They're going to be at nine wins, and maybe they coast a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, top minus four hundred RNG plus two sixty nine. We talked a lot about RNG earlier. We've talked a little bit about top along the way. Um, top play tomorrow morning, I believe. Also, yeah, there's, they're playing stunning. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good match tomorrow. I think top smash it personally, but <laughs> yeah, um, I think so too. Sunning has, I'll say, for the viewers, they are the most. Just stats-wise, they're the most fraudulent team, like pretty much in the league. I yeah. think their stats don't line up with their record at all. Yeah, I went into that in my things. post this morning, where like if you look, if you just like ignore everything out of context, look at their numbers. They actually have very good numbers, but if you look at it in context, like they've been. I, I should just like pull it up a little bit, but like if you compare them to the other teams that are near them in the standings, their stats don't like hold up at all against yeah, the other teams. Like, that are near uh, them. But you, yeah, pitch in, pitch on this. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull the. There was like a paragraph I wrote on this, basically, that was like really poignant. So, Chris, you have thoughts on this one? Uh, this is this another time where Orange is gonna disappoint me? I mean, they can't disappoint me if they lose outright. But I think they'll make this a little bit more competitive for some reason because RNG decide do decide to show up against like proper opponents. They're just not gonna win. Um. I'm also curious what they're going to do. They've been experimenting, and hopefully this... Would it change anything for you, John, if they start crying in this game? Not in that matchup. Yeah, not against Knight. Why would you throw yeah. him to the Wolves against Knight right away? Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be kind of brutal. In some matchups, I think it would make RNG, it would make them fresher at least. But uh, I don't think the top matchup's the right one to do it in. All right, yeah. so let's see. I pulled this So. 
I was talking about the top matchup tomorrow. I said um, the numbers suggest. Let me just read it. Uh, the majority of Sooning's numbers have come from a few extremely lopsided blowouts in much the same way as Damwon, except we think Damwon are actually pretty good. If you look at the larger version of the trending sample, which dates back to the beginning of week five, uh, that includes six matches. So LGD, E-Star, Billy Billy, RNG, Victory 5, and OMG. Reasonable sampling, but they're all you know middle or bottom teams, not really any top teams, right? The goal differential at 10 is only plus 234, 15 is plus 170, and only plus 10,044 uh, at 20. That's much less impressive, right? They have they had one game where they had a 6,000 gold lead against Victory 5. Other than that, they had back-to-back 3K deficits in that same series. They've had a bunch of uh, – their record against good teams, what I titled great teams, which is like JDG, IG, and if you want to count Victory 5 in that, they, um, they beat Victory 5. They got absolutely destroyed by JDG and IG, right? Um, basically, I think they are good, and I don't think they're fraudulent. Like, I think they are actually a good team. They're just not as good as their numbers. It's kind of how I feel about Damwon to some extent, where, like, I think you're allowed to think a team is the best, but not as good as their numbers, right? Like, Damwon's numbers are really fun to gawk at and, 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 you know, pull up, and they're really, really fun like I was doing earlier. But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, most of those numbers come... They've had five... Damwon's had four different five... K go- like five digit gold leads at twenty minutes. They're not doing that against good teams. That's insane, by the way. Think about that. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have four, four this season in twenty four games. That's nuts. So obviously they're not. They have a seven thousand gold differential at twenty minutes. That's not accurate or sustainable, right? I mean, it's accurate. It's not sustainable, right? Um, Sooning, I think, are kind of suffering a little bit from that. But I do think they're actually good. But I think Top are going to smash them. And I think in this case here, um, I think Top, I think R, I think Sooning's a better team than RNG. So I don't know. Unless Top don't have anything to play for, I, I don't see why they wouldn't just destroy this matchup, right? Agree. LCS. Save LEC. The, LEC. I was going to say not LCS. We already knocked that out. Uh, they have running. the most interesting playoff picture, at least. Yeah. Um, to the best of my memory. We're running pretty long, up. but I think we should be able to get through this. Because we talked a lot about the LEC last week, so I think we can kind of... Uh... Yeah, I'll just do it real quick. Go ahead. It's uh, the teams that seem like they're in contention uh, for these for these spots is XL, G2, OG, Misfits, and Vitality. If you're being a little bit kind of liberal about who has a shot of getting in there. Realistically, it looks like OG, uh, OG, XL, and G2 fighting for that last spot in the playoffs. Uh, and surprisingly enough, I think XL is going to make it. Like, That's I think crazy. they're going to be one of those three teams. Like, I think G2 and XL are going to hold, and I think Origin is actually going to fall out. I think there's a chance that SK Gaming falls all the way out and Origin, G2, and XL all get in. That's the other, like, scenario that's possible. I think that's totally possible. But I don't think Misfits or Vitality is coming up out of the out of the dregs. I think it's it's going to be three of SK, XL, G2, and Origin. And I think the one that misses out is either going to be Origin or SK. How likely do we think it is that SK actually falls out of this? Well, let's see. Let's see who they have they left. Play Fnatic, they play Fnatic, G2... Misfits, Origin, and Rogue. So, yeah, they have a very, very tough schedule left. Yeah, I think it's very possible that they fall out. Who does Origin have left? They have XL, Shulka, Mad Lions, Rogue, SK. 
So there, SK plays a couple of these teams that are in the battle with them. They're going to have to win some of these these matchups here. Yeah, they're going to have to win probably two of them, I would think, right, at this point? To be Let's safe. see. They're, they have, all the teams have five games left, and right now they're only like a game and a half or whatever ahead of these other teams. I mean, the easy solution, I think, would be like if they win the Origin match and um, – was it Misfits? Was it, uh, let me pull it up real fast. If they beat, if they beat Misfits and Origin, they should be Orgy two. Yeah, I think if they beat any, if they beat any two of those, I think they're probably good. Like they're probably going to be safe from there because they knocked them down a peg too. But, I think it's going to be XL G two and then one of either SK or Origin. That's my my overarching thought. Yeah, I I kind of like, <laughs> dude. How many did you really? I think the beginning of this season, like we all kind of liked XL. I don't think any of us really thought, like, I've I've liked them so much this season compared to where I kind of thought they'd be at coming into the season. I've been really impressed with that team. Yeah, they've been in they've been in a lot of their losses, like competitive. They've beaten up on some good teams. I like the way that they play, like their play style and their drafts. Yeah, I think I'm they're just also a- just getting better as the season goes on, which is like what you like to see. You know? Yep, I'm a I'm big on XL this season. Yeah, I, I think. I like Excel. I like G two, and honestly, I I think SK are gonna fall out. Like the more I'm looking at this, like, yeah, they've got a tough schedule there. Like I, they're seven and six, but I really could see them losing out. If they beat Origin, they'll probably make it. It's gonna be. I think a lot of it's gonna be them playing against Origin because they're already ahead of Origin. If they beat them as well, that puts Origin pretty far behind them with the rest of the games played. Yeah, and then uh, there's. No real way that we're gonna have an eight and eight team in, right? I guess, but no, I guess there is. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's just, be, it. just be tiebreakers, right? Usually, eight wins is enough. I don't know because, like, if you, like, I, I would have to look at like the the foldy sheet kind of thing where yeah. who's playing who because if you have like three eight and eight teams, like that's possible. Excel goes two and two and one. G two goes two and one. Origin goes two and one. I don't know if that works out, just like how they play each other and everything. But, like, I guess in order for them to do that, Misfits would have to lose to some of them. Yeah, they have to lose to them. Well, it'd be 8 and 10 because they play 18 games. So I think 9 and 9 teams are likely to get in. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm like. But we'll have to LPL. we'll have to see where it all ends up. Uh, so, I mean, let's just go through it on the slate then. We'll do it that way. Uh, Schalke plus 112. Excel minus 149. I like Excel here. Slam dunk XL bet for me. I mean, I know Shulk has looked a little better as of recently, but I'll take XL minus 150 against Shulk all day. Yeah. I, I will say, like, the thing with the thing with Shulka is I'm glad that I'm always happy when the la- like the last place team like isn't just a complete train wreck and they're not. Like, I think they're pretty clearly the worst team in the league, but like they're not bad. Like they'll beat you if you screw up. They've had a few all of my games, yeah. Yeah, like I like. When, I mean, they looked really good last week in the in the win. Like they looked excellent, right? But I mean, I'm not totally buying it. They just had a good week. But yeah. I, I always like when the last place team is relevant, which is good. Like it's just not a free square. But I do. I think this is a, probably overreacting to last weekend for Schalke, right? A little bit. Uh, even in the post game interview, Schalke admitted that they were not as good. In that game, however, that the, the one that they beat G two in, yeah, uh, they know it. They just knew that G, something was very off with G two. Um, 
at the same time, I think this the line is like what you guys said. It's an overreaction from last week's. Yeah, I like, I like Excel quite a bit here. I just, I just, always, I always like when the last place team like isn't just like Eeyore, you know? Like yeah. they're like, they're, like they're actually fighting and they're actually playing and like even if they're not that good, they're like competitive. I just want to see competitive games. So, Misfits minus one hundred eight, SK minus one twenty three. A lot rides on this. This is like must win for SK Gaming. I kind of think Misfits can play spoiler here, and I hate that team. This is a this is actually a, like a popcorn match for me. This one's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. I, um... I don't think I like either line in this spot, but like I would probably, I, I part of me thinks that money is going to come in on SK, and that if Misfits gets the plus money, I, I'll be interested. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. I'm not sure who's going to win this one. I feel like it's very close. Um, maybe I edge slightly towards SK, but I, I could definitely see Misfits spoilering here. Yeah, I just like and and, and that. By the way, that's coming from someone that doesn't like Misfits. I could just at least competitive. So, uh, oh, hey, crap. just in time. Oh. Oh, he's back. He back at just the wrong spot. He's back just in hey. time for us to talk about Misfits SK Gaming. Oh, I mean, is there anything to talk about here? Yes. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about here. Noted. Mad Lions minus 222. <laughs> Origin plus 164. <laughs> uh, not betting it, but Mad Lions should win. Yeah, I... <sighs> Man, I, I'm not a believer, dude. I'm not a believer. In I'm not like I'm more of a believer than you, but I'm not like all in like Church of Origin. But like, Nuke Duck's like arguably the worst mid in the league. Dude, doesn't this? That's really hard to do. Hard to win games with. It's probably just Mad Lions. They have Jack Troll on their team, dude. I'm telling you, these these spots, these have been the blowout spots this season, right? It's true, but if I told you that there was a team that was going to play tomorrow and they had both Jack Troll and the worst mid in the league, what what chances would you give that it depends team? Depends on who they are and what the odds are. <laughs> I guess it's good that that's my first thought, right? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I, I would lean Origin, but, like, I don't – I would lean Origin. Mad. Mad's going in parlays. All right. That's, I mean, that's reasonable. I just, I just – these are the spots. I do think Mad are, like, they're legit. They're good. I think they're – top two i think they're the real deal but like just these spots man this league's really competitive vitality plus 203 g2 minus 286 doesn't this feel like it needs this has been another one of those spots though where it's like you're just so it feels like you can't it's the value situation from earlier like josh was saying right where you just have so many of these situations where, like, a team's just, like, they're just priced out because of their, they're overvalued. Like, I'm confident G2 are going to win this, but, like, I, I don't know if... Yeah, no minus 300. If you asked me if you asked me this three months ago, you said G2 minus 286 against Vitality, I would have been like, are you kidding me? Let me go get my shoebox <laughs> of money. Like, but this is the reality we live in, right? Um, yeah, I'm holding on that one. I don't know. I'm probably going to be on G2 kill spreads, you know, like they haven't blown me out every single game this season. <laughs> Josh, G2? Uh, I I can't. I'm, I think I'm out on G2, yeah. betting-wise. Uh, did you – are we on day one or day two? We're on day one. Yeah. We did the playoff right okay. then, So All right, yeah. The, the next one's going to be real tough for me. So Yeah, this next one's going to be tough too. So, Fnatic are favored. Yeah, this one's really interesting to me. Against Rogue. 
So Fnatic minus 123, slight favorites against Rogue minus 108. Uh, obviously, shop around. I'm sure you could find somewhere where it's the opposite or whatever. So at some point, we've been like, I don't know. I don't want to say we because it's not all of us. As a podcast, I think we can generally say that like we've maybe been disrespecting Rogue a little bit. I think that's fair to say. Like, not that we've been saying, oh, they're they're overrated, they're trash or whatever, but like we keep saying they're gonna come back down to earth and they just keep smashing people. So at what point are we like, okay, Rogue's actually like it's like kinda like it's it's a little different than V five because they obviously they have like a meteoric rise, but like or sooning, right? Like at what point do we just say like, okay, this seems actually pretty good? They have like arguably the best men in the league. Yeah. I like, I, I think I think Rogue right now. I I legitimately think you can make an argument for being the best team, even with even against Mad Lions. They're very They're good. drunk. They're very good, dude. Like, what else do you want this team to do? Start doing weird shit. I both agree with you and think they're going to lose to Fnatic. Yeah, no, no. So, you know, so that's the thing. This is going to be this. I was going to do the classic Vin setup where where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like when are we going to start respecting Rogue? I think Fnatic are going to win here. <laughs> like. What did I do like like two weeks ago or whatever it was? But yeah, like I... I both agree with you that Rogue. So with Rogue, my thing with them is I feel like Larson has an undue duty on that team. Like I actually don't think the rest of the team has played super well. I think they've played good, and Larson has played exceptionally. And so that that's why I kind of still think that they're somewhat going to come back down to earth to some degree. Because I think any game where he doesn't just go off is might be a little bit challenging for them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Inspire has been like super good. He's yeah. I think the rest of the team's been good. I don't. I don't think anybody else has been like a like MVP candidate type person for me, other than Larson. I don't know, man. This is one of those spots for me personally where it's like I could look at numbers and shit all I want. Like my my gut, like just in my bones, Fnatic are going to win this game. Yeah, I feel like it too. Like I, I can't explain it either. It's just like I see, like in my mind, like literally an image like pops up, and it's like a late game healing, scaling composition. Maybe there's like a Senna in there, and Rogue like gets a little lead, and then Fnatic just ends up winning. It's just like uh, this is gonna be a good game. This is probably popcorn match, but like the the fact that I mean, I'm not trying to call myself some kind of messiah or anything, but like I, I I've gotten kind of away from like that gut feeling a lot this season. So the fact that like it's come it's coming up here is probably just like stay the hell away from this because it feels like I don't know. and and the fact that you guys are kind of in alignment with me here like I don't think anyone would say that Fnatic have been better Fnatic have been better than Rogue this season at all right like no and we're all optimistic that Fnatic are going to turn it around so it should say something to you that like this feels weird to all of us right I actually don't think it feels that weird no no. So, to me, like, I know you're talking about disrespecting Rogue. I don't think it's disrespect as much as, like, I think of them in very similarly to how I think of Team Liquid in, in LCS, where they are undoubtedly a good team, but it's because they just know their play style and they're going to do it. They're not flexible on that very much. They just, they know what they want to do, and they're good at doing that one thing. Uh, it's even similar a little bit to, like, C9, like, you know, they're very good at playing that early game snowball compositions and, and they're unreal at it, but they can do that. But I feel like a team like Fnatic, just given their both their players' approach to, like, 
being aggressive and counterpicking and the coach's approach to allowing them to kind of go wherever with their draft, I feel like this is a spot where they could really, really take advantage of that. With, with a team that's that linear, I think this is somewhere they can get taken advantage of personally. Yeah. I, I guess like I don't see Rogue as that linear of a team. I just think really? that, I just think that they bore people. Like, I think they bore people because they're not Mad Lions in G2 and Fnatic. Like, I think I think they're a more versatile team than people give them credit for. They've shown that they can play early. They've shown that, can, that they're really good at playing mid and late. You know, we've seen a little bit of everything from this team besides, like, the really weird shit. Like, that's the, the only thing, to me, the only thing that we have against Rogue is that they haven't shown us, like, any bizarre outside-the-box stuff. Like, that's it. And I think we all hold that against this team a little too much. I think if you're going to make the argument for Fnatic, it's like, and we kind of, I guess, have indirectly said this, like, this is more of a respect tra- Fnatic's trajectory than disrespect Rogue. I think that, is that a good way to put it? Do you guys kind of feel that way? Yeah, I think, I think, I think Fnatic's just, uh, really coming up, coming into their own here. Yeah. Uh, to me, it impresses me that Fnatic have gone through all the bullshit that they have this season, like playing at that low of a level, and they're still just like, Oh yeah, we're seven and six, and we think they've been awful this season. <laughs> like that's like, and in this league too, like in a competitive league. So uh, that speaks a lot to them, I think. Have you guys heard fortitude. the? Good. Did you did you hear the quote about Fnatic that I think Frost was the first one that that kind of coined it, or maybe it was Blippo himself. I don't really remember, but they said if you play on Fnatic, if you play bad, you're just abs- like if you play just good. Like if you don't play great, you're trash, and it's like so true. You can see yes. that, I and mean, there's a lot of pressure. They have a huge wow. following too, so. I think that was on the EU for you. You're right, Josh. Yeah, that's right. Rogue minus two thirteen. Uh, so, jeez, uh, are we all in fanatic? I think as so. As long as stays away from Tom. Yikes! I'm gonna be. I'm probably just gonna popcorn match this because I got a weird feeling about it. I don't know. <sighs> Should be a slobber knocker though. I hope it's a good game. Um, Rogue SK Rogue minus two thirteen against SK Gaming plus one fifty six. Give me, give me Rogue, dude. I'll lay money with Rogue too. I'm just passing this one. I think. Pass. Sorry, Josh. That's. I mean, it's a Rogue bet to me, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, Misfits minus one thirty seven. Excel plus one hundred three. Is there a reason Excel is plus money here? There's a reason it's my pick of the week. Is there a reason XL. Excel is plus money here? Like, what the hell? Am I, like, no respect for XL, dude. They've got no respect out there in the world. They're like the Rodney Dangerfield of the LEC. They got no respect. Yeah, they got no respect. No respect. That is a good pick of the week. This pick, this pick of the week level value, like 100%. that's my pick of the week. Should be the other way around, right? This is classic books using preseason rankings. That's why G2 costs so much. That's why Fnatic are getting respect over Rogue, even though, you know, Rogue have been insane. You can use these situations. Every once in a while, it makes a team unbettable, but you got to make sure that you take advantage of situations like this where like it's just wrong. Excel across the board? I am unsurprisingly on the opposite side of an Excel match of John. <laughs> Hasn't gone well for me, this split, for whatever that's worth. All right, so three and one then. Got it. Vitality plus two twenty one. Mad Lions minus three twelve. It's probably mad, but it's out of range for a best of one for me. Can they lock up first seed with just this win, like the back to back win? If they go two zero this weekend, they have three more games after this. 
Who is the head-to-head between them and Rogue? I think... They won... Mavlines won the first meeting between the two, so... At worst, they would tie. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think that would probably make me be more confident in Matt, I guess. Yeah, I'm wondering what but the spreads are going to be. You know, Matt, Matt just wants it. They have every chance to lock up first seed, which... It's unheard of, like, I talked to Nick last night. It's been, like, a very long time since we are not, it's not G2 fanatic in the conversation for the split mm-hmm. uh, first, second seed. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Um, Origin minus 200, Shaka plus 147. Shaka looked better last week. Origin, you know, some people are down on them. I still think Origin's the play here. Yeah, that's an Origin take for sure for me. Yeah. My favorite yep. of having Josh Charles versus Gilius. Just favorite <laughs> two. Players. Josh, thoughts on this one? Origin for sure here. I think. I mean, Shaw did look improved, but there'd be plus one forty-seven against anyone in the league. That's not. I. I mean, honestly, I don't think that is there to be plus one forty-seven against anyone. Yeah. Um, G two. The modern Classico, I guess. Uh, G2 Fanatic to close the week out on Saturday morning. Uh, G2 gets it done, I think. G2 minus 128, Fanatic minus 104. I think they're going to find a way to get it done. I do too. This is another one where it's like I can't explain it. Like The thing with these two teams this season is that I don't want to say you have to throw things out because obviously you need to look at everything and, and factor in like the things that matter, but like – doesn't it just feel like it's just been bizarro season for both of these teams? A little bit. For G2, definitely. It's just been really weird. Um, I'm with you, man. Just gut, feel- gut feeling G2. Like, I-, I can't explain it. G2 looked... By the way, that win was, like, vintage G2. Like, playing a, playing this, like, sca- that, like the way I look at it, they're like a, they, they play these scatter comps, right? Where they'll be up against a team that's playing like a death ball, like a 5v5 phalanx kind of front-to-back team. I think G2 might be better than any team ever at just making five solo Q champions work in that situation. Like, they're so good at coordinating across a separated fight. Where it's like three different fights happening. They're so like it seems like they're just like mind-melded in those situations, doesn't it? And it was so cool to see them kind of go back to that. And, like, it worked. And I feel like they've done that a bunch this season, and they've just been on the wrong side of it, which is going to happen sometimes. But I think – you know, I, I don't want to, like, overreact to, like, one win or whatever, but, like, th- I just want to comment in, like, you know, historically. I, I don't know a, a team, like, in history that's been better at, at them at that than they are. And it's just really fun to watch them in their element like that. Um, this should be a good game, too. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Fnatic won either. But yeah, it, it's a good popcorn game either way. Yeah, it's, maybe I'm just gonna finish the day with popcorn in both of these. We'll probably won't be on the side. Um, okay, that's the LEC pick of the week. And then we have to do a slight sign off because I have something to brag about. Got it. So I um, so we're gonna try something different. Uh, just like a little something to spice up pick of the week moving forward. Uh, what I'm gonna do is probably Wednesday afternoon because since we usually record on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm going to put the call out on Twitter, and we're going to have a listener pick of the week. And 
I put it out. Like I should have been more clear that I was putting it out in this situation this week because I uh, wasn't clear enough about it. But we'll do this moving forward. Um, I'll put the call out, and we'll have a whole thread on Twitter um, with via you know your nomination for pick of the week for the listeners. The rules are Friday through Sunday, which is what we always do. Has to be minus two hundred or better, and it has to be something that most people can find in a market somewhere. Um, so. The idea for this was floated in the eSports Department Discord, and I'm going to give the honorary first pick, also because it was the only one I got. Um, first audience pick of the week to uh, DFS underscore Chan from the eSports Department Discord. Uh, moving forward, we'll put these on, on Twitter. So his pick of the week is Sandbox plus 335 against T1 on Sunday. Uh, we kind of mentioned that one. I think we're all looking more along the lines of a plus, you know, plus 1.5, but that'll be our first listener one. And moving forward, I think we'll we'll figure out either we're going to randomize it, we'll just randomize them, or maybe we'll do, you know, consensus. Like if we think there's one that we think looks good and, you know, we all are in agreement on it, we'll do it that way and we'll point out anybody that said it. So basically put I'll put that post out on Wednesday afternoons, uh, comment on it, Give the pick and your reasoning, just a brief reasoning for it, and uh, they can you know, add a little more audience participation besides just listener questions to the show. So that'll be the first listener one. What do we got on our end, fellas? Who wants to lead it off? Oh, I, should, I, should re- oh. I should recap last week before we do that. Right? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So I had Sooning plus 155 or plus 159 against V5. That hit. Um, Fnatic, John had Fnatic plus 132 against Mad Lions. That was a real slugfest of a game, but. Med got it done. Chris, 100 Thieves, plus 102 against Golden Guardians. I got crucified on this one too, buddy, so I was right there with you. Um, and Josh had Invictus Gaming, plus 177 against Top, which I was also on as well. That felt pretty good. Um, so Can we talk about uh, I've officially broken the curse? Uh, I was going to joke about that today. I just totally oh. forgot about it. And it was with Invictus of all teams, dude. Of all the teams... Is, is that going to bring Josh back to the LPL? Like every slate, every single slate. <laughs> just bet on. I'm just betting on IG for the rest of the year. Nice, nice. So that moves us up to 46 and 42 as a cast, plus 11.81 units on the season. Uh, what's that? Like about a little, like 14% ROI or something like that. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, pick of the week this week. What do we got? Who wants to open up? So I still got to write mine down. I'll go with mine. <clears throat> Pretty straightforward. XL plus one hundred three against Misfits. Huge fan of that of that bet. Uh, Going to be all over it. DFS everywhere. Who's next? I'm going to jump in next. Uh, as bull- bullish as I was on the Dominus pick, I think I'm just going to stay safe and take the Dominus plus one point five against Easily Give Up. <laughs> okay, I kind of like that one too. What about you, Josh? Uh, come back to me. Let me, let me, let me theory craft. I need to get something to plus odds here. So I gotta, I gotta put a play together. I think <laughs> he's ruined us. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's ruined me. Oh I feel God. soft if I don't get plus odds. <laughs> uh, hmm. I'm going to go with Vici over LGD. I think. Yeah, I'm going to go Vici plus 138 against LGD on Saturday. Or, uh, Friday. 
think there's a couple good opportunities in this one. You guys kind of hit most of the like Excel. I think Excel is the best one available. I like Hundred Thieves on Saturday. I like Dignitas on Saturday. Never in a million years thought I would say that. I like TSM on Friday. There's a lot of good oh, spots man. this week. Yeah, I keep coming back. That TSM line just looks so far off to me, but I almost want to parlay it with something. Maybe I'll just parlay that with, like, is there a boring game? All right, yeah, maybe we'll do, like, TSM parlayed with G2 versus Vitality. I think that would probably get me into plus odds territory, All right. right? All right. Let's put that in there. Double Friday bet. That that should get me to plus odds, I think, or TSM, pretty close to it. And then who was it? It was G2 versus yeah. Vitality. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I should get you there. I I have it in front of me, but I should get you there. Or at least close enough. Um, okay. That's going to be a pick of the week. We're doing pretty well on the season. I mean, I'm wish I wish my pick of the weeks were more like my actual record this season cuz that'd be good. But um, yeah, we're doing pretty well. Uh, John, you said you had like a mini sign off. Yeah, I just had a real quick one. I picked up uh I picked up the old Magic cards again for real this week. Ooh. I uh, popped onto Arena, which I hadn't played on in forever. I usually play on Magic Online. But I was like, I wonder what would happen if I popped on there and, and really committed to playing some Arena. And this week, uh, you start at Bronze 4, just like you would in League. Um, I'll be – if I win two more matches in a row, I'll be Challenger, essentially. <laughs> the, Magic, the Magic version of Challenger, which is Mythic. Um, so, yeah, in one week, I went from Bronze 4 to – two games away from being challenger and in, in magic. So I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, all unlimited, just been drafting all week. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yeah, man. I, I want to get those two wins when we get off the air here and get myself into mythic so I can brag about it. I guess we'll just do sign offs across the board. Now. Uh, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I actually just finished watching the last dance and it was outstanding. If you haven't watched, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably, you know, a lot of us is a cross pollination a little bit with most of us are into sports in some way, shape or form. Uh, I hadn't watched it. I know it was like super hyped, and I finally got around to watching it. And it was it was Chef's Kiss, man. It was so good. It was really fun to watch, and it reminded me because like I I was pretty young when all that was happening. Like I missed the beginning of Jordan's career, but when I was very young, you know, before you know, you know, three to ten years old, I really liked basketball, and. Like I remember watching those teams and like getting some of the context for all that stuff, and he just—it's worth watching just for some of the stories about like, oh yeah, this guy said like nice shot, Mike, and he used that as motivation for like a month to just like dumpster everybody, like, uh, just like that killer instinct. It was it, it was it was a really good watch. It was super well done. I think the hype was was well deserved for it. So yeah, that's kind of my sign off for the week. Sign offs, Chris, Josh. There's not too much going on. I think summer's finally happening for me with classes ending, and I don't have to teach in the fall. Actually, I chose not to. Um, but speaking, if I stay in the realm of sports, I, I think I'm happy with the ACC actually having a schedule and college football is being played. Um, it's going to be a weird schedule, about 10 plus 1, but and Miami's got Clemson on their schedule. I'm not looking forward to that in that Valley. Uh, but that's... Doing, doing the full. We have to get a fantasy league going. I got to find the time to do that. We should yeah, do that. We, we have to be worried if these games are still ongoing. You know, the Marlins had more COVID uh, identify patients than the whole country of New Yeah, I know. We just had Lane Johnson just went out, and a couple other players on the Eagles just went out with it today, like right before we came on air. What's up with you, Josh? 
Uh, mine's a little bit more like a little bit different, but uh, I'm just gonna say with the uh, like everyone's having you know some tough times right now, so make sure you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones in terms of like physical health, mental health, do whatever you you know you got to do, and and make sure you keep those around you um, in good spirits if you can, because it's definitely some tough times going on right now. So yeah, I think that's that's a that's a really good point because I think a lot of us, I mean. For the most part, I think we're pretty comfortable sitting at a computer all day, but a lot of people haven't been, you know, molded by years of doing that. So they're, like, way out of whack right now. I know a lot of people – I mean, I have friends with kids, and the kids are really, really struggling with this, just, like, not being able to go out and hang with friends or, you know, anything like that. So that's a that's a really good point. Uh, take care of people. Be good to each other. That's the that's the cast sign-off. Let's just be good to one another, right? Unless you're uh, Polk and Daniel Negreanu, right? Right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, unless you're Daniel Negreanu. Oh, man. The poker beef is real. The poker beef here, is real. Guys. All right, guys, that's it. We're going to get out of here this week. Uh, we got a pretty long uh, long show, but um, that's going to be it for us. We will catch you guys next week, and good luck this week. Enjoy the games. A lot of playoff implications on the line. See you later. See you later, guys. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.